What's up? What's up? What is up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to Critically Aroused, the podcast where we ask, do we even need film critics? And then we review a movie. My name is Blaine Andrews, and I'll be your host today. And actually joining me today is a different uh, a different group of folks. This is this is a crew that I don't think that we've had yet. Is it Matt? No, no. So yeah, it's going to be new. fun. I've got uh, I've got Mr. Matt Verlack. Hey, everybody. And Sydney Andrews. Hi. And Zena Verlack. Hello. So yeah, we've we've got uh, the, the two couples in here today. It'll be fun because I'm trying to think the last one that Sydney and Zena y'all did the one P. together. Davidson. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was the last episode y'all had together, and then I think I know Sydney's done one or two since then. I think. Yeah, but it's always with Chris. It's not yeah. with Matt. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You never get to do any with Matt. So, anyways, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about. The Wrath of Man, the new Guy Ritchie film that came out of absolutely nowhere and nobody knew was going to happen, I think, pretty much, considering we were only a year out from The Gentleman. And this movie is basically only advertising starring Jason Statham. Now, there are a few other individuals in this movie, actually quite a few that you will recognize that continue to show up throughout the movie. But he is the main face that you see from start to finish. The other main person that you're going to see is uh, Holt McCallany. Is that how you say it? McCallany? I'm sure that's right. uh, Sounds right. McCallany. I think that you take out one of those. It's... it's, uh, (laughs) <laughs> He's not a ninny. But yeah, Holt. Old, oh, what's old this Holt. rated, Blaine? This is rated R, actually, as well. <laughs> Thank God. So we've just almost Fuck gone yeah. full-blown R all the time. But yeah, this one's rated R. Uh, you'll recognize Colt primarily, actually, the one that I, I know him most from is from Mindhunter. Yeah. He was... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the, the one of the leads Well, he looks the exact same. Yeah. He, yeah, he always looks how he looks. He's... <laughs> He, he's oh. just one of those people. He's not like a chameleon type. He's just kind of jacked and like spiky hair. And he's just like, yeah. Also, Scott done. Eastwood, who you pointed out, they've yeah. been trying to make Scott Eastwood happen for a long time. <laughs> they have. I didn't know if I wanted to happened. talk about him being in the movie. I wasn't going to, but you already did it. Oh, God. Why not? Because he's not shown. Oh, well, we're going to do spoilers because there's another yeah, yeah, person but... I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's several people I want to talk Maybe about. Maybe it'll just movie. entice people to want to watch it. Sure, I guess. So that's yeah. a sneak preview. Well, <laughs> A sneak, a, sneak, a sneak spoiler right here in the beginning. Maybe you peek into me getting in trouble later. <laughs> well, no, I'm not really fine. spoiling anything, I guess. Thank uh, you, Matt. Not, yeah, sure. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's what we're going to be talking about today is is Wrath of Man, the new Guy Ritchie film. So, and if you don't know and you're not familiar with, I mean, you're probably, you're definitely familiar with Guy Ritchie, but a lot of people, I've actually talked to some people since seeing this and they didn't even realize it was a Guy Ritchie movie. They're not pushing it super hard as that. But Guy Ritchie's known for a lot of films, one of his biggest being the Sherlock Holmes franchise and The Man from Uncle, Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He recently did Aladdin. Rock and Rolla, my Rock personal Rolla, favorite. Yeah. I know, that is an interesting, <laughs> hey, interesting plug. favorite, but that is a good one, yeah. I about that one. He actually did, yeah, he did. Did y'all see King Arthur? Did anybody I actually watched yes. it today. I actually like. I liked it. I rewatched like, it. Yeah. It caught a lot of hate, but I liked it. we watched it a long, a long time ago. We saw it in theaters. And I was like... When it came out. I really liked it, but it, yeah. it, yeah, it bombed. It did, yeah. Like, I'm a bunch of people. But I mean, it is a little, like, The action was on point, though. Yeah, it was. It was, and it's a fun movie. It's it just is. not a typical Guy Ritchie film. It's, it's yeah, not. Yeah, that's true. Which, I, mm-hmm. I mean, neither was Aladdin, really, and he did that, too. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, which... I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably, like, one of the only Guy Ritchies you haven't seen. Sydney really likes it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
You've seen a couple times. Is that the Will Smith one? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually better than it seemed like it would be. Yeah, it's good. I thought I was going to despise I'm it. I'm suspicious. <laughs> I, was, I was too. It actually it. does feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. Okay, well, maybe yeah. I would watch it now, honestly. Yeah, as far as some of the cinematography and stuff. So, Anyways, but yeah, that's that's Guy Ritchie in a little nutshell. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later on. I think we're going to have a normal episode today. I, as far as news, what's new with you, all that fun stuff. Now, I didn't talk to these guys, and if they wanted to do news there's not been a lot of news going on it's been pretty dry i have two little bits it seems like matt might have something or xena might have something uh-huh. i don't know what? yes okay you what do what is it um well we can go ahead we can go ahead into the news now feel free to talk about it Let's well i'm it. trying to remember he <laughs> told me he like ran in the room and was like our childhood aqua teen aqua teen is getting uh, a movie what yeah so yeah. hbo max and adult swim metalocalypse doing uh three three movies metalocalypse Aquatine Hunger Force and The Venture Bros. Uh, really? Sweet. Yeah, so they movies just for each of these? Today. Yeah, or... he's just yeah. going to get a movie. Really? And so they're obviously going to just continue to be like animated versions of Yeah, yeah. Shows. It's not like a live action or anything like that. They're just doing okay. a couple animated movies. Okay, cool. I don't know if they're going to be HBO exclusive. I don't know if they're going to be on Adult Swim or on both. But yeah. Okay, interesting. That's I definitely cool. enjoyed two of the three franchises a lot. In nice. my younger days. Which, what's what, the, what's the third? Two of three. Yeah, what's the third that you don't like? I think I know. I just never watched, watched a lot Venture of Venture Bros. Bros. Yeah. Venture Bros. Like, I like it, but I just never watched a lot of it. Which is funny, because that's Venture the one Bros. that's, like, kept going. Like, that's yeah. the one that's mm-hmm. still been on. And which Oh, it, yeah, they just did a season. Yeah. Two years ago, maybe? Yeah. See, I haven't watched any of the new ones, but I really liked it back then. It's done in a very, like, old-school style animation, but adult themed i guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it but yeah well that's cool i did, yeah i had not seen or heard about that there's there's really not been a whole lot the other smaller bit is i don't know if you guys have seen but they finally they've literally it, it's basically been a casting announcement a day for the new knives out movie yeah i don't know if y'all saw that but i've seen some of it it's a, yeah. it's a netflix exclusive i believe it, it is yeah netflix bought the rights to all of the knives out like it's not even well it's going to be a franchise because i can't remember the character of daniel craig's person that he plays but basically it's going to be kind of a a franchise based around this character similar because he's a detective yeah he's a detective and it's supposed to be similar to the format of Oh goodness, the Agatha Christie books and that uh, detective. The new ones, the murder on yeah, murder, murder on the or, or no, murder on Oriental <laughs> Express. Yes, murder she wrote. Yes. I'm like, I'm trying to help you out here. No, <laughs> Orient Express. And then the new ones coming out. Yeah, about the, the murder the, on the Nile. I'm like, did I ever yeah. watch Knives Out? We saw it in the theaters together. It was literally a couple weeks before we started doing the podcast. I don't think you did. It's on HBO. It's on Netflix. Now. Yeah, it's 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 a who done it. Yeah, it's a who done it. Who done it? Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> it, it's not bad. I, I wasn't as crazy about it as a lot of people were. I thought it was good, but it wasn't great. Well, that's why I don't understand why Netflix, because they paid astronomically for this franchise. They did. Even though there's only one movie. Yeah. It was like $400 million or something like it, yeah, that. Yeah, it was a crazy amount. Oh, my God. For just the rights to have unlimited movies from it. But it's like, a who, it's a who's done it. Like, yeah. why would you pay so much money for something that anybody can, like, Kind of come up with a who's done. Yeah, I think it's just for the rights to like that character with Daniel Craig, and they knew that there were going to be more movies. Like, so that's the only thing I can guess. But so basically, what they've done is they've announced like three people now, one of which was Edward Norton. He was actually hmm. the second announcement. The first announcement was Dave Batista. 
Ooh. Yeah. And well, which, Norton hasn't been in anything in a it's, long It's time. been a while. Yeah. And What's he been crazy. doing? And then she add, and then the, today they added uh, Janelle Monet. Uh, she was in that recent movie Annabellum that came out, I think, if I remember correctly. And a, a few other things. I'm not super familiar with her, but the big two that they've announced so far is Edward Norton and Batista. Which, and, and there were a lot of people in the first movie. There were a lot of celebrities and Chris mm-hmm. Evans and mm-hmm. quite a few others. But I mean, it, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see it. It's just my biggest thing is I'm always just nervous about anything that that director does. <laughs> Who's the director? It's uh, oh Ryan Johnson. It's Ryan Johnson. Yeah, after Star Wars, I'm definitely yeah. questioning every movie he ever it, does. Exactly. I mean. He ruined Star Wars for many of right. us. So, wait, which Star Wars movie did he, or did he do all three? He uh, did seven. Like, take a guess. A, a purple-haired <laughs> no. feminist on a ship. He did eight. Yeah, ramming. Uh, I'm uh, like, there was so many. The one where they killed Last of Skywalker and like humiliated him. I mean, oh, no, like, the they're Last all Jedi. terrible. I mean, no, no, I but the, the rise, but. Okay. <laughs> Burn. I mean, oh, not all Star Wars. Let me clarify about all the new ones. I didn't think all the new ones were terrible. But that one, <laughs> that one is particularly the worst. Spectacularly, mm-hmm. not to be confused. Specifically, <laughs> or most definitely, unequivocally. <laughs> yes. The Verlags make up our own words. Uh, <laughs> I have always made up my it. own words. That is true. I love constantly make yeah. up words. That is our thing. <laughs> So yeah, but anyways, so that's happening. I, I mean, I'll I'll hold out my judgment until it happens. I don't think either of you two ladies have seen I was out. I know Sydney didn't. So I mean, it's it's worth seeing. I remember you it's, talking about it. Though. It's not full of all of the SJW garbage that uh, the Last Jedi was full of, but it still has some light undertones. But it was pretty mild compared to what he was doing in Last Jedi. Which, and I mean, I, I just hate, we've talked about this a billion times on the mm. project. Well, cast, speaking of like, SJW garbage, are you going to talk about the Golden Globes? <laughs> we, we have. You don't listen to the podcast ever, so you don't know. We talked about it like every Wait, week. Wait, that they got canceled? Yeah, <laughs> you talked about that. No, we didn't talk about. Well, because they, they just got canceled this week. Yeah, kind like of. how could you have already talked about this? How is that possible? I'm kidding. Now well, they well, read. Kind of. There was more. To, I, I don't have that article pulled up. I did originally have it on here, and then I took it off. There was a whole lot more to it than it getting canceled. Like it got pulled from the network, but there yeah. was a whole lot more tied to it. And actually, supposedly, some of the rumors to it or I don't even know if rumors, what was in the text was that there was complaints about them being not SJWE enough. I know, that's what I'm that's saying. That's the main complaint yeah. that I've seen. That's the issue. Which is absurd because... I think we should just cancel all award ceremonies yeah. that are Great. for movies yep. and shows. Yeah. It's yeah. just pointless. And no one cares what most of these people think anyways. Let's like, just right. all people. go by Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> right? Exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, the last little tidbit of news that I had here that was actually kind of a disappointment as well because I just, I hate to see their talents wasted on this, is that it's come out that Phil Lord and Chris Miller have a new movie coming out, which would be exciting, except for the fact that it's a pandemic story. It's called The Premonition. And Seriously? It's just, like, first off, if you don't know who Phil Lord and Chris Miller are, they're known for comedy movies specifically, and they did... Lego movie, and they've done... Oh, man, my brain is not working tonight. They did the two movies with Chain... 21 Jump Street, yep, 22 20, Jump Street. Yep, 21 and 22 Jump Street, thank you. I'm glad somebody's nice brain's working assist. tonight. Yeah. 
Layout. I thought that's what it was. I needed you to explain yeah. it a little more before I made my guess. I just had I to like, say Channing, yes. and you're like, yep. yeah. Yeah, because you're like, two movies? Okay. I'm really good at this right now. Two movies? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Give me another word. Yeah, Give me another word. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right. They also did a movie that involves blocks. There were blocks oh, involved oh, in this oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. There's 21 it. and 22 of them? <laughs> yeah, 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 21 blocks. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, I mean, these guys, they make really quality stuff, but they're now doing this pandemic movie. I don't and know. It might be legit. And it could be funny. It like, could. I mean, you it never know. I would funny. love Honestly, a funny. Honestly, I would love a funny pandemic movie. Like, can we please? Because we've all been so miserable. If we yeah. could get something funny well, out of it, then by God, let's do it. Okay, so And I, if it could, like, lighten it and make people less of assholes about pandemics and realize that, like, life still has to go on. Like, if it had that effect on mm-hmm. people to be comedic enough to, to like, lighten up the whole mood, that'd be dope. Like, we just can't. Yeah. I'll be surprised if that's the case. Not Based on that second Paragraph. Yeah, if you read this, that's what I was going to say. Let me read this. So, <laughs> what it says is uh, Universal Pictures has optioned screen rights to a new book by New York Times bestselling author and journalist Michael Lewis about the early days of COVID 19 and those U.S. heroes who tried to warn against the dangers of underestimating the deadly seriousness of the killer virus. Oh, God. The Premonition, which was published last week by W.W. Norton and Co., is an, a nonfiction story follows three central characters, a biochemist, a public health worker, and a federal government employee Heroes. who work in the White House as they confront the COVID-19 pandemic and find Contagion. Rest- or, oh, I know. That's contagion. This is literally yeah, yeah. contagion. <laughs> this is what, like, contagion, yeah. but they weren't able to contain. Right. Yeah. Contagion. This is just from the point of view that we saw contagion take yeah. place. Like that's and you might throw go ahead and throw you know Gwyn- Gwyneth Paltrow in there as patient zero right? and we're good we're go- we're done yeah. with it you know I just it doesn't seem like it's gonna be uh, why is it funny I want I, don't know. I want a funny it sounds I mean we should make a funny one, one, but freaking I funny pandemic it. movie like it, not, it, how <laughs> dare you make fun of it. I know uh, we can call so, it not another okay. pandemic movie <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there you go Dude, you are <laughs> on to something yeah that's killer that's it's perfect. just everyone only wearing stretchy pants the whole time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, think about how much Talk material we have from the, and, meme, yeah. from the meme world. There's so yeah. much material. That that could be a really funny. Movie. It would. It could easily and, be funny. There's so many relatable yeah. things. Because that, that you happen. could pitch as the heroes being all of us that were forced by our home. governments to sit at home with our oh, thumbs yeah. up our asses. Oh, yeah. being oh, yeah. Especially if you're, totally you talk about how like, you can't go to the grocery store and you can't get groceries, so like people are getting like resourceful and things like that. Yeah, I but, had to order my groceries through Instacart. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't I have had, anything I wanted, so they delivered these five items that don't go together at all. Yeah, Dinner they, tonight they is weird. My items with things that I didn't approve. My <laughs> banana was slightly bruised. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had to watch the Tiger King for three weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to fight someone's grandma for toilet paper. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And fuck Carol Basket. <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there's plenty of uh, that. Could be an here. actually good movie. And the thing is, is these guys seem like the type who would put out something like that, but instead they've chosen to do this pile of shit. So, I don't know. You know it is what it is. But it also may not happen. And this now book we just know Blaine's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this book just came out. It did. We don't know how that book's going to do. Yeah. That book could it might get bad. and Universal might go, oh, 
Well, my thing is, is yeah. who we wants to this. read about this shit when we get it shoved down our throat every, every day. day? Like, yeah. I don't want to read about it. I don't no. want to watch a movie about it. I don't even want to watch Contagion again. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just like, well, I don't. This is why I'm, I'm just like, it. if there was a funny pandemic movie, there would still be such a large percentage of the population that would just be like, oh, this is so insensitive. Yeah. I would much rather watch the BS that I see on the news that makes me want to kill myself every day. <laughs> like, yeah. there literally are so many people that would yeah. be like, like, yeah, no, no funny contagion movie. That's bullshit. Yeah, well, it'll happen. Probably down, down the road. Yeah, <laughs> but, yes, and fuck it'll those be, people. To it'll be, be clear, because we need some lightheartedness somewhere. Yes, sure. It, it, it'll be created by like some some scorned like Gen Zers that are just pissed. Can off. we get James Franco to come back just for that? <laughs> right, like he yeah. comes out from the rock guess, he's been hiding under. Actually, speaking of that, there is Seth, a, a, the Me Too rock he's been yeah. hiding well, under. Well, did you see Seth Rogen? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You can, you can say. No, I mean, it's just, you're already saying it. Okay, well, Seth Rogen apparently is no longer working with James Franco. Yeah. Well, so it was uh. weird because he didn't specifically tweet that. Oh, also. It was in an interview, I think. Yeah, it was in an interview. Oh, I just thought he said he wouldn't be part of that, but I don't think he's. I didn't read anywhere in ways they specifically said he wouldn't work with James Franco. I thought it was just they're inferring. Oh, no, no. He actually said, like, if you listen to his comments, he was basically like, well, I know I said at one time that I'd still work with him, but now that, you know, I have all the issues that I have with all the Me Too stuff that was said about him, I'm not ever going to make anything with him. I know it makes our friendship a little awkward, but <laughs> I've made it very clear to him that I will not be acting with yeah, him. Yeah, no, I don't think not... that makes their friendship awkward at all, personally. Yeah, they're just not working together. Well, and it's because he's doing <laughs> interviews because he just released this new essay book. And also one of the essays that are within it are him talking is him talking about how Tom Cruise tried to recruit him into Scientology. Really? Seth or James really Seth. And the he literally says a verbatim, the only reason why I was not recruited into Scientology was because Judd Apatow was there and he said, No nah, man, like let's just talk about the movie. <laughs> like let's not talk about Scientology really? and he's like Seth goes I'm a very weak willed man to begin with and I wow. was like wow sexy yeah. All <laughs> right. sexy All right, bro. tell me more I'm like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's I would be curious to see what that what those series of essays say. Yeah, I, I would too. I mean, it's just like yeah, that's I, good. I don't know. Good info. I, you know, and with all this Me Too stuff, it's interesting because it's like okay, obviously Franco and and Rogan have been good buddies for forever. So you would assume that if these allegations against Franco were true, then what Seth Rogan would be saying is like, yeah, there's some legitimacy to this, like. That's why we're not friends. I knew this stuff was going on. I'm kind of convicted about it, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what Rogan's saying. So, like, it makes me wonder, because mm, Rogan... Point. Well, and I mean, Rogan's been such a baby back, like, SJW freaking virtue signaling... Weak-willed. bitch <laughs> that, like, anytime he... He's just, he's just constantly putting people on blast <laughs> and, like, coming after people on social media and all this oh, yeah. stuff. He gets in he's arguments with, dick. like, regular people and he, like, yeah. spends hours of his day. Which I just want to say, like, I'm really upset about because I love Seth Rogan. I used and to. He's like a little potterer now, and it's really precious. And I'm like, can you just not? Can you just not? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so it's just it, it's it's just an interesting thing, and I, I just I, I'm hesitant with all of this. Obviously, the Me Too stuff to a degree is important, but on the same hand, it's like you have to. <sighs> 
people need chances to have some sort of redemption, I think. And I also think that some of these situations, they and need also to... the court of public opinion is not a court of law. Exactly. And that's supposed to be clutch in this country. And it's part of what <laughs> makes us great. Yeah. So like, you can't just flip that up on people and then pretend that that's how reality is. Cause it's not. Yeah. And, and basically, that's a big thing. I guess my whole take on it was just, it, it just, for me, it's kind of like, you're just distancing yourself from Franco to save your ass. Mm-hmm. Not really because you're convicted about it. But you're, you're saving yourself from the audience in the court of public well, Yeah, because he's not yeah. saying we're not friends anymore because yeah. of this shit that came out about him. He's like, nah, we're just not working together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're still friends. Mm-hmm. It's like... Playing it safe. Yeah, I mean, that's literally all he is. Yeah. He's just saving face. Like, Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's why when you said he was like, well, you know, I hope this doesn't affect our friendship. Oh, yeah. no, of course. No, that wouldn't affect your friendship right. at all. Like, what? Yeah. Come on. It, yeah, it's just an awkward, weird thing. Ugh. So anyways, yeah, those are some news stories. So we did actually talk about a few more <laughs> things than I had planned on, but there's not a whole lot happening. It's more of just weird news. So outside of the weird news that's going on, what we can do is we can go ahead and move into our What's New With You section, which just our what's been what we've been watching streaming. And what I will actually do is I will let the girls go first. Who are who are currently having drinks poured for them, but actually you don't Thanks, get to see Matt. it on YouTube because I have <laughs> we have recently basically all but given up on the YouTube because it is such an endless pain in the ass. So also as girls be looking at like gremlins tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, happens. me and Matt are sexy as always, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I roll out of bed looking like this. That's right, man. <laughs> so, anyways, like I guess I'll. Uh, you, you two can decide which which of you I'll two. I'll go ladies. first. I have All a right. lot. So but Sid's it going won't first. Take super long time. Oh goodness. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Don't worry. I won't keep <clears> you <throat> hostage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I and my all of my ADD glory have been watching a lot of things at one time. The big thing is the Queen's Gambit, which I know that you have addressed previously, but mm-hmm. I want to speak for myself when I say... I got sass from Chris because I was talking about it weeks after it came out, so... Which, <laughs> Chris was plowed yeah. last week, so... <laughs> yeah, well, okay, but here's the deal. So, when I heard about this the first time, I thought that it was another show, like, there's all these shows that are coming out now that are, like, set in, like, like British royalty times. Mm-hmm. You know, like the one that I talked about before. Yes. I can't think of it. Anyway, I thought it was because it was the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> I thought that it was like a royalty show. So when I found out... It's just out, like, who cares about British lore? I don't care like, about... It. Yeah, I don't care about that stuff anymore. But when I found out it was about chess, I was like, what? I don't care about chess either. <laughs> two things I don't care yeah, about. Right. Together, so, double don't care. So why are my loved ones telling me I would care about this show? And so I checked it out, and I love it. It's amazing. Um, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, who mm-hmm. actually, um, the it's first Anna. time I saw her, Anya. Anna. Oh, well, it's A-N-Y-A. Oh, they always pronounce Anna. I don't know. It might be Anya. I think it's Anya. I mean, sure. Call it what you want. I say every name wrong, so say whatever you want. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Okay, so the first time I saw her was in the movie with um, James McAvoy. Nunes? No. (laughs) Wait. All right. It's it's charades for you again, Matt. (laughs) Can you do it? The one where he becomes the monster and he pays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Breakable. This is Patricia. Yeah. Split. Thank you. I got you. you. <laughs> Thank you. So that's the first place I saw her, and I actually didn't think she had a lot of star power. 
Oh, I liked her in that. I thought she was great. Also, she was, I she personally was think she looks kind of weird. Oh, she definitely looks weird. I mean, she looks yeah. like an alien. Yeah, she does look like an but alien. But let me tell you, a pretty alien, she chews yeah, up every... Like a fancy, pretty alien. Yeah. She is a fancy, pretty alien, and she chews up every scene she's in with one of the lowest word dialogue roles in any TV show I've ever seen. Because her actual presence in the room in each scene is that profound. Wow. She is phenomenal. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what two words I just put together. <laughs> we'll decide That's later. our shtick tonight, apparently. She's phenomenal. Like, I am a huge fan of hers now. I'll watch everything she does because she's just captivating. Um, and also, I just have to shout out Harry Melling, who is Dudley from Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Who is also that in this man. TV series. <laughs> and he's terrible in this. <laughs> His role is terrible, but he's the only other person that you'd probably recognize in The well, Queen's Gambit. No, he's not. Nothing other than the guy from Game of Thrones, who yeah. you couldn't remember who he was earlier. Jojen Reed. Okay. There you go. Anyways, <laughs> boom, pulled it out of the, the mind palace. There you go. <laughs> you gotta find it, flip through some books. What yep. was that other movie that uh, Dudley was in? <laughs> I forgot his name. Dudley. Um, Harry Melling. With um, <laughs> this is Edward what? from Twilight. Oh, he was in a movie with him? Yeah, it was. You guys never watch it because that's when you were boycotting Netflix. And I was oh, like, this yeah. is one of my favorite movies ever now. And it was so good, but like Dudley was excellent in that as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not bad in this show. He's just so strange of a person. Like he, yeah. he's just like, he's kind of hard to watch because he, he doesn't look, he used to be heavy and now he's not. And it's just odd on him to not be heavy is basically the easiest way to put it. Yeah. Well, I just bring the him devil up all because... the time is what he was. Yes. Saying. The devil all the time. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like the only other big star in this. But anyways, I would say about The Queen's Gambit, it's not about if you don't know how to play chess, that literally does not matter. It has no impact whatsoever on whether you would like it. And um, I have to just give props to Anya Taylor-Joy because she's amazing. Um, I've also been watching Web of Lies because you guys <laughs> gave me a, a, an access to your Discovery account. Um, and then I've been watching Gilligan's Island on the side as well, <laughs> which I have to plug cause that's hilarious. And then the, the last thing of note would be that I watched Wild Wild West on Sunday uh-huh, and uh-huh. also on Friday and a little bit on Saturday as well. Was so that just strong out over those days or did you just rewatch it three uh, times? I rewatched multiple parts throughout the It is weekend. still, like, I was watching the background while helping Dylan with homework and it is still really funny. Like, it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's a funny story. I also watched it on Friday <laughs> and I agree that it is so good still. Like, why is it so good? Yeah, it holds up. Uh, and, like, the CGI is really legit yeah. considering it came out in, like, 98 or something. I don't know. 99. Yep. Hold on, I wrote it down. There's I've got probably it right some here. like Hollywood occult. Oh yeah, it is ninety. There's probably some like weird <laughs> Hollywood occult money that went into Wild Wild West. It's just like inconspicuous little Wild Wild West out here with like all of the technology in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just it, like it shout out to my grandma for taking me to see that when it was in the movies. Right. I, that was <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Kevin Klein cross dressing 
in that movie is one of the best things I've ever seen in TV. Well, the scene where Will Smith goes up and plays bongo drums with oh, not yeah. Kevin Klein's titties yeah. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it he's is. like, I've taken note. Black man drumming on a white lady's titties. <laughs> and he's like, this is how we communicate in Africa. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, this this could never be said. <laughs> no, now. Oh no. no, this would never be made today. It is like but the it, most it was. PC, like, I mean, hilarious. Will Smith is hilarious. That's one yeah. of his oh, yeah. best. Ro- it's one of my favorite Will Smith. Well, it's, it's from Same back here. before he lost his sense of humor. Yeah. Like yeah. I think now he's before just, Scientology. Yeah, that too. Yeah, Scientology <laughs> ruins everything. For real, it really. The, the only person that has stayed like consistent. It, it, it just awesome even though he's well he lost his mind but it's tom, tom cruise. cruise like yeah. he still puts out awesome shit but he's batshit crazy oh, yeah. so, right. right well as right. we now know he tried to recruit yeah. seth rogan right exactly and actually i guess i will go ahead and say there's only one thing i'm gonna talk about i don't have to talk about now but i wanted sydney to make a statement on it but we have started watching tenant and do you not have anything to say about it? You I just can't like, believe you're putting me on the spot about it. I was going to put you on the spot. So we started watching Tenet. She because she didn't watch it back when we all watched it together. We all mm-hmm. loved it, mm-hmm. obviously. But so I've been telling her forever she needed to watch it. And we started watching it, and basically what it's turned into, which that movie's two and a half hours long. We are about an hour and I don't know thirty minutes, minutes, an hour and some change into okay. it. We've stopped about every eight minutes for me to explain what's going on. <laughs> he also had to give me Play-Doh to play with. So that she could okay, keep I will say distracted. I've had several yeah. friends reach out to me like after we watch it. And yeah. I like shot out like a series of texts. It was like, you got to watch this and you got to watch it. And yeah. I've had several friends come back to me and be like, this is the most confusing, complicated movie. I have no idea what's going on. And honestly... I think that we really benefited with that group of us mm-hmm. watching it because we were pausing for pee breaks, for yeah. drink breaks, for food breaks. And that ended up being like three and a half hours <laughs> of us watching that movie because we were discussing it on each break. And so we did know what was happening the whole time, which, I mean, greatly helped our understanding of it, in my opinion. Probably so. Well, I just keep questioning like all kinds of stuff. Like, wait why is this this way wouldn't it be this way and that's why like the best point of the movie for me is when they're explaining all the ridiculousness that's like in this world and the lady all but looks at the camera and says listen it's really confusing (laughs) don't think about it too hard you will scramble your (laughs) brain like and it's just like okay yeah sure that's all i needed just tell me don't yeah and i think that's what it is like the second you start trying to figure out and like anticipate what's going to happen next is when you start throwing yourself off oh see i'm not even to the point of trying to anticipate what the hell's going on i am literally just you will get there eventually well because i know a whole whole lot about like time travel theory there's a bunch of different facets of time travel theory it's hard enough for me to wrap my brain around those ideas, which I actually like. This is not even in this that This is something completely all. new. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen it's yeah. anything it that apply. does that. Yeah, it doesn't apply. Like, it can't because fit. Pr- that's why I really like it, because yeah. it doesn't necessarily work like how we how we would rationalize that it should work. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's because it's about like objects that have like well, yeah, it's... memory. And I think it's actually probably inspired by the uh, the electron gold leaf experiment where the Ooh. that's probably where it comes from is like the observer idea 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Excellent call out where you have to be watching it to see something. I think that's what inspired this movie because yeah. that, so. that quantum theory is like on its own. I mean, like Christopher Nolan and his, br- his brother slash wife are on some other crack. Like they're just on a Each of his movies crack. are just like <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. I mean, it is like, and even watching it the second time. Because he did off. Interstellar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Interstellar and is like that. And Inception. Yeah, Inception to me, I was... You can at least wrap your mind. But see, the Inception was one of his first movies that was yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Interstellar, which got crazier. Yeah. Well, and, and then you have Tenet, which was even wilder. And way before all that was Memento, which was pretty wild. Oh, Memento. Yeah. That's a Uno Memento. <laughs> okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, what are you even talking about? I don't know if you guys want to go or which I want to do. Uh, Zena, if you'd like to go. Zena, what else do you to? have? <laughs> Since we got derailed. Um, okay, well, I'll talk about how I've just been watching Death Becomes Her. Mm-hmm. 1992 that? classic. Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis. It's so disturbing. I love it. Okay. It's basically these two women are frenemies their entire lives uh meryl streep is a famous actress but she's like getting to the point where she's washed up and goldie hahn is like a wannabe writer who is like engaged to bruce willis they go see one of meryl streep's plays everyone's talking about what shit it is and Bruce Willis is like, I'm obsessed. She's amazing. And so Goldie Hawn takes them to meet her because like I said, they're frenemies and he ends up marrying her instead. Hmm. He marries Meryl Streep. So oh, this is Robert Zemeckis. That's wild. You've I never seen this? That. You, no. you should watch it. Well, FYI, it's soon leaving HBO Max, which you can uh, watch it on, but it will be gone soon. Mm. Um, I would highly recommend it. I really like it. I've seen it probably like 15 times over so my life. this is actually technically like a sci-fi movie from the looks of it. Kind of, right? yeah. Yeah, kinda. because... It's about immortality. It's basket- about immortality. Is there a scene with a basketball in it? Mm-mm. Okay, I think I like. <laughs> that had was a Space night- Jam. I think um, I had a nightmare <laughs> that was inspired by Death Becomes Are you Earth. talking about like the big. <gasps> Maybe. That's probably what you're talking about. I spoilers. totally had a. I can't. Mm. I only motioned it know, so the audience would not get the spoilers. I, think I okay. had a nightmare inspired by But I mean, if you haven't watched it from freaking 1992, then. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, and right. if you don't know Robert Zemeckis is who created Back to the Future. So. And make yeah. it directed. So, yeah. So that's the main thing you were going to talk about, Zena. Or were you going to? What else do you have? Yeah, and then I mean, I watch Wild Wild West. Okay, cool. <laughs> Important. Nice. I've only been watching crime documentaries, so I'm like, I'm not gonna <laughs> spectacular. I'm not going to go into all that because okay. that's fine. It's too much. Cool. What you got, Matthew? <laughs> all right, two things. One, uh, I watched the entire season of Made for Love, Woo! Uh, which is on HBO Max. Yes, it I'm glad you a, started it. Yay. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to. And then when you talked about it a couple yeah. weeks ago how it was out, I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and watch it all. So I watched it all yes. today. And it, it oh, is, all today. Yeah. It's a quick watch. Though, it is. 30 minute, eight episodes, 30 minutes each. It is a dramedy. Yeah. And you kind of talked about it. It's all just brief synopsis. It's a woman... Goes on a date with basically, let's just say, the owner of Google. And on the first date he proposes, she says yes. He whisks her away to his techno palace. And they she doesn't get to leave the techno palace for 10 years. And she's basically just a prisoner here where she gets everything she could ever want. You know, three square meals, her diet's all taken care of, whole nine yards. 
and she's like, I just, just going crazy, but she can't say that. She doesn't ever say it to him. And so he goes too far with his technology and she decides she needs to leave. So she escapes and then she goes back to like her podunk poor dad who lives in a trailer who's dating a mannequin. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. No, I was it's, not expecting oh, that at and, all. And, 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 you just and, said that so casually. I was waiting well, for the reactions. And, <laughs> I teed it up perfectly. And it's going to sleep, and then bam, mannequin talk. They were going to sleep. I mean, it's even better by the fact of who her dad is, who's in love with the mannequin, which Raymond Romano. Yeah, from everyone who loves Raymond. Raymond Romano. Yeah, so that's her dad, and and so she goes back to her dad basically, and is like, help. Yeah, and so that's what the the whole show's about is just like her trying to get away from save me from tech bro. Yeah, tech bro. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I mean, it's not really even a spoiler. Like, you find it out in the first couple minutes that the whole thing is that he has put a a monitoring computer chip in her brain. It's supposed to be a... Mm. It's supposed to be a... Which she didn't know. It's supposed to be... I can't remember what he calls it right now, but it's like a love chip where... I think it's literally called Made for Love. Oh, that's oh, what they're putting is. in the vaccines, the love chip. <laughs> and so you, you right. have them in you. That's it. <laughs> I am speaking this. <laughs> I love Biden. I, I also really love Bill Gates. <laughs> he is so sexy. <laughs> where, you, where is Thanks. the Microsoft sound? <laughs> da, da, yeah. Da. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. idea is not, it wasn't technically supposed to be for surveillance. It was that you're, each person is supposed to have one, like yeah, husband and wife, and they're supposed to let you meld like emotionally together. And you're supposed to be like, see, hear, feel, and all that, like what the other person is, is the idea, except he didn't ask her if she wanted it. He didn't like talk it over with her. He literally knocked her out and installed it. And I was like, told the whole company, I was like, hey, look, by the way, we're the first people trying out this new chip. And she was like, that is a whole new level of not okay fucked upness. Yeah. So that's when she decides she needs to like break get the out. chain and get out. Yeah, and so what did you think? Now that I'm you're done, for it. it was really good. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. I didn't like the ending, but oh, I haven't finished. But I'm like, I've got that's like why I didn't. One I won't say anything else. Yeah, but. but it outside of that though, Doug. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was actually pretty funny. It's really. funny. It wasn't one of those ones where they try to call it a, a, a dramedy. Yeah, and it's not that funny. This, it, I, there were several laugh out loud moments for sure. Yeah. Just, and all of the Ray Romano stuff and him being in love with the mannequin. Oh, yeah. It's just like, so ridiculous. It's so awkward. They call weird. him the town pervert. Like, the whole town's just like, there's the town pervert as he's wheeling her around, like, on a... Oh, um, oh no. It's on a dolly? Is, yeah. is she on a dolly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's what and I imagine in my head. I'm yeah. so he's glad that's what like, it really is. He's wheeling her around, and they're like, there goes the pervert. The town pervert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, I love that. The whole like Y'all every I really happens love all the time. It. Well, I didn't even yeah. know that I was watching it. Really? We were in the same house all day, so here we are. <laughs> Y'all should both watch it. It's, Y'all would both like it. And it's yeah. a like Matt said, it's an easy watch. Like yeah. it's eight episodes, thirty minutes. Yeah, HBO Max. Yep. And then the other thing, Xena also watched this. Okay. But uh things heard and seen. Oh, Netflix. you purposely <laughs> stole that from uh, me. I purposely made sure I didn't remind you about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aww. if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I already plugged this movie on there. So, <laughs> and this is the new Netflix original film, right? Yep. Um, yeah, and it was really good. And it's so it's a horror, it's a horror movie, yeah. but it's not really a horror movie. It's more like a drama. It's a drama with ghosts. 
Okay. Yeah. There wasn't any like really jump moments. You would see things this. in the background, but it never made you go, oh. Okay. Yeah. Don't okay. say too much because I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tell you everything. No, don't. <laughs> um, you need to watch it. I, so I, I really want everyone to watch it because there's a scene in it because it's about like her husband is a, rep- a professor. And a repressor. Well, no, a repressor. <laughs> I mean, but Men, kind of right. Uh, patriarchy. patriarchy. <laughs> that would be oppressor. <laughs> Ooh, true. But there is some possible repressing happening. <laughs> so, but there's a scene in it that is so, like, such a stark contrast for where we are right now as a society where, cause it's set in the eighties. Mm. And so it's like, he has his college professors over and you're talking about, I mean, college professors, these are some of the most opinionated people on the face of the planet mm-hmm. and they're all at a party and they're all having fun and they're all talking. And I'm like, when could you, we can't even have fucking regular people in a room talking without someone getting pissed off. Yeah. Like when, can you imagine having that many professors in a room, oh like having dinner, talking, having an amazing conversation? It just made me really sad and miss like that kind days. of conversation, like being able to debate someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like to counter that, I feel if you have a bunch of professors in a room, they would be able to debate things like that because they are educators. Yeah. Where they well, are used to discussing things and questioning and going about their business. Even if they're going to be opposing voices, that's I think what you would hope. Still, you would yeah. hope that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still yeah, hope so. Hard. I think in the 80s, And if they're that all from possible. the same university, they're probably all going to have similar opinions. Well, that's what I was about yeah. to say. Well, because there are yeah. a lot of times anymore, they're very bourgeoisie, these professors are. But in the yeah. 60s, 70s, maybe early 80s, you still had some remnants of real true revolutionaries that were lingering in. Uh, academia so oh yeah i mean it's it it, i mean it touches on that it's really good yeah let me just give a quick synopsis so the whole premise is it focuses on uh what's her name amanda seyfried yeah amanda seyfried she's basically the main character and so her husband gets his doctor degree and is offered a job at the small university in like northern new york and so they uproot their life to go to New York, uh, this upstate New York, and move into this from old... From New York City. Yeah, they're like from New York City, and they move to this old farmhouse. And it's about them getting situated, and he's starting to work, and she gives up her job, basically, because she is a art restoration mm-hmm. individual. I don't know if it goes after that, but... <laughs> An art restorer. She restores famous arts and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. she gives up her career to go to New York or up North state, Northern New York. And it's just about her kind of figuring out what's going on. Cause then the weird things are happening in the house. Okay. As they do in all ghost stories. Of course. And then it kind of snowballs from there. I don't want to say too much because that does start giving things away like this, that what I've said doesn't, but then, you know, you go from there. Watch it it yeah. is definitely worth watching. It only takes place over three months too, which I really like. Hmm. Like, it's literally, it's one semester of college, like, of school for him. So, that, I think, is super interesting. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I I saw some, a little bit of buzz about it. But this is one of those things, like, Netflix, as we've been talking about for a while, they're launching, like, one movie a week. 
And so this was, I think, last week's film. So nice. So that was... Uh, Yeah, that's it for me. Okay, cool. So I have seen basically one thing this week. And I messaged Matt, let him know a little bit about it. And and so basically what I'm going to do is I'll talk about that. And then we will head on into everything surrounding the review. So... All right, so the uh, the show that I've watched, the one show that I've watched actually is, if I can find it, is Jupiter's Legacy. So we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast uh, previously, but and I mentioned it with Matt. I think Chris mm-hmm. and I have talked about it, but Jupiter's Legacy is a new show on Netflix that launched this past week, and it's directed see i wanted to correct myself because i told the guys i was like oh crap i messed up last week on the podcast i thought that this was created by the guy who created invincible and it's not it's actually created by the guy who created kick-ass and what else has he done uh it's he's done a slew of comics over the years the big one that he's known for is kick-ass and so it's what's his name I see, that's what I'm trying to think. I think it's Mark... Is it Mark Miller? Is that who I said it was? Is it Mark Ennis? No, it's... I think it's Mark... It might be Miller. Or um, I'm thinking Garth Ennis, my bad. Oh, Garth Ennis, yeah. No, it's not him. So, I, I'm trying to... Basically, long story short, I wanted... Oh, my God. Matt <laughs> ripped his mic off the table, so... Sorry for the sound. Sid clearly is, like, chomping at the bit to leave the room. She can't stay any longer, so... Oh my goodness, this was so much effort for like five seconds of a hey, conversation. I try to like tell you to pause. I thought she know? could hold it. Just normal people can, can hold it for like more than 30 <laughs> seconds. So anyways, long story short, I was wrong about who created Jupiter's Legacy. It's based off a graphic novel. Uh, Netflix just released the show. And so the other thing I didn't realize, Matt, is that this show is actually done by uh, Stephen uh, Knight who is the guy who is the showrunner for Daredevil. So All three seasons? Or? Uh, I know he was for the first season, but I'm pretty sure all three. But I know he was behind okay. the first season of Daredevil. So he's tied into this show, and you can kind of... And also Sparkus. He's the guy who did Sparkus oh, really? as well. Yeah. So it very much has a vibe to it. But did, did you, So you didn't watch any of it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. So this is a superhero show, and it's kind of like, like Sid said, like, why another superhero thing, you know, whatever. But, like, for me, I'm kind of at the point where any... I, I, which I'm always down for superhero stuff, but it's a matter of if they are doing something new or not. Mm-hmm. And this show is very much doing something new and interesting. I really like it. But basically the premise is that there's two time periods in which this is telling. And basically this group of superheroes, if you look at the pictures and stuff, the main superhero who's actually played by Josh Duhamel in the modern day, he looks super old. Has He looks like Moses, has like a long beard, everything. And it's because he's 120 years old. And so him and the other group of superheroes, the original ones, are all 120 years old. And so it goes back to the 20s. And a whole bunch of the show takes place in the 20s from before and when they became superheroes. Hmm. And it's very almost Lovecraftian in how they become superheroes, which is really cool. That's cool. And this is very much an adult like superhero show as well, which is different than, you know, your typical Marvel or whatever. Um, there's definitely violence and that kind of thing. But then the other aspect of the show is them, you know, in modern day and the kids of all of these superheroes. And there are some really interesting conversations about 
basically the moral implications of superheroes in the modern day. Not in the way that Marvel kind of does it. It's a much more grounded perspective into basically what it would be like to deal with superheroes now. More like the boys. Kind of, yes, but... That's what I was wondering. Is it going to be... I mean, The Boys is my endobion. Yeah, you love The Boys. Like, I've read all the comics, love The Boys level. So that's what I was wondering with this is, would it be... Would it show them in a a more realistic light? Because I feel like Marvel started to a little bit towards, you know, the end of like the main marvel stuff but they Mm -hmm. just don't do it like the boys do yeah yeah no that's true and this one doesn't and what i like about this as opposed to even what marvel has especially done of late is that they aren't um even with it with it getting a little almost political they aren't like quote-unquote picking sides with this like they have almost a debate between two heroes and it's literally about like the superhero code and the moral code and the conversation is fascinating it's really cool and it's between two superheroes where it's basically like if you were to take the dilemma of batman like his no kill Mm -hmm. deal and basically like debate that and and the level of which superheroes should meddle what they should do and it's just it's really interesting and there wasn't like side picking to it and so i really enjoyed that as well is it did you like it yes so far i do yeah yeah i really do it's it's different like it's not what i expected Mm. which i don't i I didn't watch i didn't know a whole lot about it coming in but it is very interesting and it's kind of cool because the episodes are just the lengths are all over the place some of them are 45 minutes some of them are 30 some of them an hour so like some of the episodes you can fly through really quick but i think there's only like eight episodes so, but so yeah, there is a from what I'm seeing here on Netflix. So, but yeah, I, I really like it so far. I'm close to done. I think I'm on like episode seven, and I'm starting to figure out how they became superheroes, and it seems really cool. So I like it. Uh, it's it's a neat show, and some of the fights and stuff actually kind of reminded me of Spartacus with the way that they did them. But hmm. anyways, that's literally the only thing I've watched. Big over the surprise! Past Blaine likes any superhero origin. <laughs> well, speaking of superheroes, <laughs> last week I don't know. I'm the worst. I haven't listened to last week's episode. But with did you talk about for news? Did you talk about Sweet Tooth? Mm-mm. So no. I just want to mention Sweet Tooth too because that's coming out and that is like a comic book based Mm -hmm. TV show but we recently saw a news article where they're saying they're like not following the the comics it's not going to be as dark as the comics which is super upsetting because Sweet Tooth is like easily now that I finished the whole series it's easily one of my favorite that I've ever read and so I'm just very curious to see where that goes. But that's like a similar kind of superhero, almost like a little bit, yeah. combined with a pandemic. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do. Um, my only guess as to why they maybe softened some of how it's being handled is because it does center around like a 9 or 12 year old boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, which is guess. one thing to put in like a graphic yeah. novel versus a show. Well, I sh- a show. I think they should have just aged him up in the show. That... He could have easily been like 16 yeah. or 18 in the show. And it, yeah. Because it's not he could have still been naive and innocent. Yeah. But not be so based jarring. on the way he was raised, which yeah. you you'll find out, I'm sure, because I'm sure that will still be touched on, but he could definitely still be 
that innocent character but be older that's all they would have had to change and they could have continued down that path of like the yeah. real gritty darkness of it yeah i'm curious we'll have to see we'll have to talk about it after you've seen it and, and see what your opinions mm-hmm. are which it's coming out pretty soon so we don't have a long time to wait i think we've got like maybe a month right if you i think it's june 9th yeah, it's so we're June really close. Something. Yeah, I remember it being in June. I can't remember. That's another Netflix original. So, yep. yeah, I mean, and this... that'll be a show, right? Yeah, uh, it's a show. It's the executive producer is Robert Downey Jr., which is really weird, and I can't remember who the director is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen. I was still actually kind of trying to figure out who uh, who created Jupiter's Legacy <laughs> because it's bugging me now. Because Robert <laughs> Robert Kirkman's who created Invincible and Walking Dead and all that. Right, and I think this might be Mark Miller, but it's it's another person that's. I'm surprised it doesn't say on there anyway. I know it's kind of weird that it doesn't, but he's he's another one of those individuals that that's very well known in the industry for his gritty take on. Wait, I just saw it is Mark Miller. Okay, there we go. It is Mark Miller. Okay, and he's just been. I think he actually was one of the people that wrote, or the person that wrote Civil War originally in the comics hmm. as well. But he's just very well known in the, the. From what I gather, Netflix made. I said that Netflix made a deal with Robert Kirkman the other week, and it's not. They made the deal with. They made the deal with Mark Miller, and they're releasing a bunch of Mark Miller properties. So there's hmm. more coming from him. So he did Ultimate, Fantastic Four, Civil War, and then Wanted, Kick Ass, and Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. had said several. Years I bet they would do. I, I would, I'd be here for a wanted show. I would too, actually. I, actually, the next one that they're doing apparently is some kind of spy based thing. That, but it's not uh, Kingsman. Hmm. It's something else. Yeah, because I feel like Kingsman they're just going to leave with the movies. Yeah, probably. Since so. we have that no, that next movie coming yeah, out, soon. which actually looks really good. I'm pretty excited about it. It's a prequel. I love yeah, Kingsman. I know it's a prequel. <laughs> I don't know anything about it though. Yeah. So anyways, that's it for what's new with you. We'll go ahead and wrap it up there and we can go ahead and talk about uh, everything surrounding the new Guy Ritchie film that we're going to be talking about today, The Wrath of Man. So we'll uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty of what we normally do with with every movie review that we do uh, pretty much going forward. All right. So. Everything from here on out is going to be Wrath of Man. So what we'd normally do now is we'll move into what this, uh, or I guess who should and shouldn't see the movie. And so basically just what this movie is like. And then we'll move into our Rotten Tomato scores and predictions and our spoilery review and all that fun stuff. So as far as who should and shouldn't see it slash what this movie is like, uh, what do you guys have? Anybody got any any? Thoughts. I have things to Matt say. Matt usually has like a, a specific movie in mind to compare it to. I'm going to start with something that makes very little sense, and then I know Matt will wrap it up. He hasn't thought about something yet. No, he, okay. he will once I start. Well, there's something I feel, but I don't know if it will. Okay. Well, but. we'll see. All right. So my thing with this movie is if you like Guy Ritchie films, but you're like me, and you don't understand a fucking word any foreign person is ever saying if you're not American... <laughs> Then you will love this movie. That's her problem with with that was her, snatch and two. Well, no, not I just that. With, what, what I was yes. talking about, we just watched uh, Tenant. No, she couldn't understand anyone in Tenant. She literally <laughs> did not know what anyone was saying. I don't know what anyone is saying. Subtitles, clearly, it, but it's also too fast. Also, because I well, anyway, you got to get new glasses so you can read the subtitles. I do. That is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is true. So it's like if if it's if you struggle with dialogue heavy things, which is kind of a separate issue but i also tend to struggle with dialogue heavy things where it's just plot 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 via dialogue um 
then you're going to like this because you're not going to have that issue at all. Mm -hmm. Like at all. And if you struggle with accents, then you're going to like this movie because you don't have that issue at all. Like you have American accents. You have, I mean, Jason Statham's accent is easy to deal with in this movie. Well, well he, also he, he says he like six words yeah, the whole movie. Talk. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say that because I don't know if I get in trouble for saying that, but yes, the that one's character fair to say. doesn't have to say a whole lot. And there's reasons for that, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But those are my big points is like, that's an excellent point though, because you're totally right. I mean, anyone that has like any kind of audio. Yeah. Like issues like that. I mean, yeah, I it do that. I, I have to read lips, and so for me, like if I don't recognize an accent, then reading lips isn't going to help me at all. Yeah, because I don't know what they're saying. It's not yeah. helping me. So yeah, that's, that's a my, good call out. That's yeah. my big points. Yeah. Yeah. So what you got, Matt? Is there a specific movie in there? Mind? Is it, yeah. <laughs> there is. Um, this reminds me. This gives me like the vibe of Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, Ooh, Thirteen yeah. kind of yeah. movie. Yeah. Nice. Like it has a very similar vibe. But to take one of those movies and mix in any Guy Ritchie movie known to man, yeah. and basically let's well, actually, it simmers down to the vibe of this movie. I yeah. kind of argue it well in like i don't know if this is like overstepping here or not but like i almost want to argue it not being super guy richie this is actually that was one of the things that i said to sydney when i walked out i was i was was like it is guy richie but it isn't like it doesn't have his cinematography style and his frenetic like but it's still there's a couple there was a couple things like in the car I pointed it out to you. I leaned over and I was like, this is super. That camera scene mm-hmm. was epic. I can't remember mm-hmm. which scene it was. But there was a couple of things where they did have that super stylized cinematography that Guy Ritchie is known for. Mm-hmm. And we had that epic monologue yeah. of one of the guys in the movie. Mm-hmm. And those things were definitely Guy Ritchie-esque. But you don't have like, the, the constant camera work though, that you normally are used to. Yeah, he's he's a very busy... Well, he, uh, he does that yeah. a lot of times while someone is talking and describing some situation. Mm-hmm. It's like scene, 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 scene and yeah. cut, cut, cut. And that's when I get lost because I'm Which like, happened I don't know what the movie. fuck this British well, person did, But the camera was static. Not like, It was, but it was definitely still... Like, if you sat me down and play this movie i would have been like this feels like a guy rich movie and then afterwards you'd be like it was a guy rich movie i'm like it felt like it yeah, yeah it is not hitting you over the head with his exact style yeah, yeah. he's toned it down for this he movie is. but he his his signature is yeah. all over this bad boy yeah, I, I can I like agree that. with that mm-hmm. that's a good point. his fingerprints on it it's just especially his cinematography styles of late like mm-hmm. basically i would say sherlock holmes and on the stuff that he's been doing since then has toned back some in this movie. Mm-hmm. Except for the I would say after oh. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I okay, mean. Okay, yeah. 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 And so you have Sherlock Holmes where you're like all of these crazy scenes, everything tying together. Yeah. Well, and I then, even mean how he does his fight scenes and stuff. Like it's super fast and the camera's all over the place and it's well, very busy. Well, you're like in point of view and then you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would agree after Sherlock Holmes for sure. But it, yeah, it's it's less of that and more of like his OOG stuff of... But it's interesting because it's not hyper dialogue heavy, like Sydney said. Mm-hmm. So, it, which he did used to do in his early stuff because it was he was operating on a lower budget, but was working a lot with story and like the surprise and the oh, that's reveal. And so now, you know, over the years, he's gotten bigger budgets, and so he's done more with the camera work and things like that. Which so. I would even say, like, 
<clears throat> I'm sure this had a big budget just because of the people that are in it. The cast is fucking stacked. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. disagree. Uh, I mean, the cast is stacked, but this isn't. It's not like, A tier, right? They're it's not. not. Well, that's what even I was about Jason Statham is not, not an A tier. I, I felt it, like a lot of people were doing this for fun because they're friends with him. Yeah, well, the budget is not... Like, I wouldn't expect it to be high, except mm-hmm. that his quality has been so much higher. Mm-hmm. But, like, he didn't have really extravagant scenes, though. Sure, sure. I mean, there weren't, like, a lot of different scenes. You're really talking about only a couple places that you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, like closed environments, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. We will definitely talk about that a little bit more in the review, which, and, and there's some stuff that's interesting about this, because, like I said, this kind of came out of nowhere. No one knew that this movie was, as far as I know, barely even knew that it was being made. I mean, he made The Gentleman. It came out just shy of a year ago. And then he released a trailer for this like three weeks ago, and then the movie was out. Like, it's so like, can I say another thing about who might want to see this? Sure. If you don't, if you're sick of things that hide a bunch of woke shit, yeah, this oh movie God, does yeah. not do that. No, and it almost feels like it comes from a reality where 2020 didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or 2019 or 2018 for that matter. Yeah. Um, it just kind of is like. It, it, it stands alone in culture. Which, which yeah. Guy Ritchie, I think, he's he's on some other shit. Like, I really... He, we're well, all that's he, where I was leading to. Yeah, like, we'll talk about that more in the review. Yeah. But, like, it's just Guy Ritchie's not... Does not seem to be an individual that is... Drinks the Kool-Aid. That drinks the Kool-Aid. Which will also be a perfect segue into our Rotten Tomato scores. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I can start with that, I guess, if you want. I hadn't really thought about my scores, but I'll just say that that in general, Guy Ritchie, especially of late, does not seem to please the critics. They are very hard on him. Like, I loved The Gentleman. Mm-hmm. And they were assholes to The Gentleman. And I love, love, love that movie. And, I mean, even other films besides that one that he's done, they're just very hard on him. And so I think that there's a good chance that critically this movie will, they will not be easy on this movie. I'm guessing probably a, Matt, do you want to write these down? Yeah, I'm on it. Perfect. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say for the critic score, uh, 62. For the audience, I'm going to say... A seventy-eight. Okay, I was gonna say sixty-five from critics. You still can. I had already written this down, and eighty-nine percent from people. Ooh, we are close. I said seventy percent for critics and eighty-five for audience. Nice. So we're just all slowly working our way up, yeah. just a little bit. Well, what I'm was like- it again? 70 for critics, eighty-five for audience. It, which I've honestly feel like this is super optimistic i think it's a bit optimistic at least for the critics yeah probably i, I feel like mine's accurate <laughs> we always do we always, always do. do okay the only one that's been well matt and chris have been like it. nailing on the head and lately so we've been nailing okay matt what's yeah, here nailing it um <laughs> so critics i'm gonna give it a 50 just Ooh. to be different than you people. Yeah. Ouch. So he's the next one below me. And then audience, I'm going to go with 90. Ooh, so wow. I'm going to do a wider nice. spread than you guys. Yeah, that's okay. a big spread. I like it. It's a yeah. wide berth, Matt. You know, that's right. <laughs> that's what they called me back in school. Oh, yeah. Oh, birth. <laughs> yeah, them birthing hips. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. 
So, all right, cool guys. Well, <laughs> what? Okay, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> How so, can you be suffering from adult onset dad jokes when you enjoy it so much? I don't know. True. I do not I don't know. suffer. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We're talking about dad jokes. Matt's way worse than me. Way worse. <laughs> he is. So, so, do you guys want to go ahead and move into the review? Really yeah, talk it. about this thing, the nitty gritty of it. All right, so everything from here on out is going to be spoilers for The Wrath of Man. So if uh, everything we just said didn't motivate you to check it out before you listen, if you haven't seen it, then just keep on listening. And uh, if if the case is that you are interested in it, then just wait a little bit and, and then come back to this point in the podcast. So here we go, guys. Let's go and get into reviews. Now, I don't think either of you ladies have been on since we've started doing... I can't remember. We've been doing it for a while, but... Basically, to where now what we make sure to do is we just go around and say what we thought about the movie as far as initial opinion, like it or don't. Yeah. And then we'll go into our actual review of it. We don't say a whole lot outside of that movie a little bit, but, you know, yeah. so we can go ahead and do that. Okay. So everybody in this room knows what Sydney thinks, so feel free to uh, to go ahead and say. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I love it. I would go back and see it again as many times as is allowed <laughs> in, in Dolby Digital, I will Dude, say. We, Always Dolby. We hide Dolby else. so hard, but like, yeah. really, until you see a movie in Dolby, you just don't freaking know. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this movie. I feel like it is able to do so much with a plot that, it, like, you're not going to see this because you want to have your mind blown by a plot. I will say that. Um, that's not the point of it. The point is that you're watching art from Guy Ritchie. Like, Guy Ritchie is doing something he's not really done quite before. And it just works. Everything works. Every character works. Every scene works. He really knows how to cut. This This movie is phenomenal on scene cuts. It knows exactly what it's doing. Um, it could have been done a different way and not worked like it did. And if, if you're into editing and kind of know that sort of deal, then you'll see this. It'll be glaring to you. It's just a really good cut of a movie. Well, and, and, it's and, fun. and the score is okay. You will never stop. <laughs> you will never stop being obsessed with the score. Well, it like, forces you to question. In my opinion, the score yes. forces yeah. you to question it, what's going to it happen. It never once blends into the movie. Yeah. Like it's not a Pirates of the Caribbean score. Like Pirates of the Caribbean is phenomenal. Like Hans Zimmer <laughs> is a whole different level, but it blends into the movie and it becomes a part of what you're experiencing. Well, the score in this movie is the movie. The, like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you never stop thinking about the score, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, and one thing that so Kyle Gazak actually went and saw this movie with us. Uh, but one thing that he said when we walked out, he didn't say a whole lot because he knows how we handle our movie reviews and everything. We don't talk about it a lot. But uh, which Sydney and I did because we didn't know she was going to be on the podcast. I'm guessing you two did as well. Well, Zena probably talked about it to Matt to some degree. We no, talked about it some. We yeah. talked a little bit. But basically, what Matt said was, or I mean, not Matt, but what Kyle Gazak said was the only real main thing he said. I don't know if he did or didn't like it, but he just said this movie would have not been the same movie and would not have been remotely as interesting if it had not been edited and cut the way it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. And that was all he really said about it. But just to kind of piggyback on what you yeah. were just saying is like he was basically like because there's a point in which and with where Matt compared it to Oceans 
uh, movies is mm-hmm. where about halfway through it, they start bouncing back and forth between it becomes a heist movie out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, if it had not been done that way, this movie would not have, the story would not have mattered. As well, much especially because the slow burn, that is the first half of the movie. Yeah. Because it is a very slow kind of like development where you're just kind of like, I don't know going on like i'm not like invested and yeah. then it picks up and then you're like i'm on board oh, see i felt okay so to your point about the score even though i know what you're talking about the first little bit of the movie mm-hmm. felt a little slow i knew because of the score that i was going somewhere and that i was going to start moving <laughs> a lot faster very soon well there is like a specific like score that is for jason statham's character Mm-hmm. And so anytime he's on screen, you hear it. Yep. You know that there's something. Oh, God, I just hit my mic. There's <sighs> something more that is that you were that is not for the, your eye to see yet. And so it is like this mysterious kind of like the threatening sound that's happening the whole yeah. time. Every time he's on scene. And so you're like, what is this? I want to know, well, yeah, you know why this is. That you know, something's up with him, but you have no idea. Yeah. What and it, it really, that alone like pulls you it in. Keeps like you, it, it hooks you and yeah. it keeps you and you're not going to step away until you know the answer. All right. So before we yeah. go deeper, I want to know what everybody else thought really quickly. So if you guys want, or I can go. Or... I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I can go because I'm yeah. going to be controversial on this, oh, yeah? actually. Yeah. I liked it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I did like it. But I'm a Guy Ritchie snob. I've yeah. seen, like, almost all of his movies in <laughs> an ungodly amount of times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I was saying earlier, I it left a little bit... Like, I wanted more Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Like well, and as good that. as as good as the score is, as good as the cut editing is, I mean, which is to be expected from mm-hmm. Guy Ritchie, is like the storyline is lacking in some aspects, in my opinion. Like some of his stories are extremely complicated, intricate. and you still yeah. I liked that yeah. it wasn't that intricate, but I know what you're saying. See, and if that's you're like a snob when, about it, then yeah. Like if it. you watch a Guy Ritchie, you're like, I want it to be intricate. Mm. I don't want to be able to guess what's happening. I don't want to ever even think about what's happening next because I wanted to smack me upside the head when it happened. You know what's you know? funny though? <laughs> I actually, weirdly enough, I said to Kyle even though I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. I never found myself attempting to predict what was going to happen next. I didn't care because I was so engrossed in the cinematography and the score and all of that stuff. I didn't actually care to do that. It didn't get the best of my ADD is I guess where I'm going. Well, I didn't try to predict it. I think you made it because it, it was about the journey. It wasn't about the destination. Yeah. Like, that, that was the point of this yeah. movie. He just wanted you to be along for a ride. And I think yeah. that that's why this movie felt so different. And, and it's, It did. That is totally yeah. why. It wasn't about intricacy. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. It, it is an interesting thing about him because he was doing something different. I can understand why you come from Yeah. And I'm not like, saying it's a bad movie at all. Yeah. It's just like you cannot go in and expecting a stereo yeah a stereotypical guy ritchie movie because this is not what it is it's it is a new brand of guy ritchie Mm -hmm. i know i totally agree matt what'd you think i really enjoyed it but i can agree with some things that xena said where i there are certain things that bothered me while i was watching the movie Mm -hmm. that just 
tech took me out and some of it was kind of stupid stuff like <laughs> how like jason statham was holding his gun the whole time yeah so he was getting like all these one shot kills but oh, he was yeah. holding the gun off to the side like chest level he huh. wasn't aiming down the barrel oh yeah it was always a one-handed hold like... and they're all shooting at him with like machine guns and he's just like like robocopping it yeah where he's just at his side like pow 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 and i'm like have you have you watched any movie yeah. in the last like thirty years? People aim, you know, yeah. and or they like turn. Ever and, shot a gun? Or like even Guy shot a gun? Guy Ritchie's. I know, to, but that so. it literally took it me was, out of the movie. It, it was, was an interesting like, choice. I, I noticed it too. Mm-hmm. I think it was intentional. Oh, it had yeah. to have been. I think it but was, it was so intentional. Weird. It was a weird choice, but I do think it was yeah. intentional. And now, whether that's early in the movie, I'm just like, yeah, what? it was to show that he was just a next level. Yeah, I mean, he was supposedly supposed to be basically the rebel. Marksmen does of. need to position themselves shoulder width apart. Well, so even his, though an like, expert one would do that anyways, yeah, because yeah. of training, he's yeah. just can RoboCop. He's yeah. got like a machine eye or something. I, I wish right. it would have. If they're gonna go with that laissez-faire stance of just like popping off, like mm-hmm. he was. Then I would have liked it to be like a double tap, like oh I didn't hit here, but like I hit here, kind of thing, like click click. Mm-hmm. I missed this one, but hit this one, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I I think that they just wanted him to appear that level of badass, and it's not mm-hmm. like like it's a twofold thing where it's like also we all know that Jason Statham has acted in plenty of action movies. Most so he, he, he his yeah. entire career, yeah, yeah. action movies. exactly. He, he so knows, he knows what he he's knows doing. So clearly, right. whatever it was, this was Guy Ritchie's vision. Yeah. Now whether that was a good vision or not, that's up for debate. But mm-hmm. as far as how he handled that specific right. thing, but on like, this topic, mm-hmm. somebody recently on one of the things that you guys reviewed, mm-hmm. you were reading like tomato scores and somebody was like I just feel like we don't need a bang bang shoot him up right now oh, oh that yeah. was, that uh, was nobody yep and when I, it was like talking hmm, about the hmm, guns mm-hmm. and- speaking of somebody that would just like you know aim down the profile and things yeah. like that like yeah. that is a professional that's it what was. Professional that was do. like one of the best things about that movie was how accurate he was with guns yeah like mm-hmm. it was like I told clear. her she needed to see yeah I'm gonna watch now. that oh you haven't watched I haven't it to the episode it's... but I know that I know that that occurred yeah. and what I was gonna say is to add to my overall opinion of this movie this is a hundred percent a bang bang shoot em up mm-hmm. and I am yep. here yeah. for <laughs> it yeah. like it was oh, fucking yeah. incredible bang bang <laughs> yeah. shoot em up and we did need it and so screw well, we to always need that. them like it's just yeah, yeah. like who doesn't they're enjoyable that? like yeah. yeah i still want like, that like <laughs> yeah, and like honestly always. who hasn't like joked around been like man look at that armored car over there yeah. or like i feel like a lot of people joke about that yeah stuff. Like, like, what would it be like million like, like, dollars yeah and this movie literally just takes things that, like people just kind of like joke about and we see about all and then it made it into a movie well exactly so then one other thing i wanted to like that kind of yeah. pulled me out of the movie was how abrasive all the characters are that work at the armored car. Yes. There was no reason for him to make them all so abrasive. Yeah. That you don't like any of them. Like I literally didn't like any of them until maybe over halfway through the movie. And then I barely liked them. I liked a couple of them. I I liked the dude. They were kind of annoying, but I liked the guys 
they showed the fuck up, but the guys behind the desk in the armory. Oh, I did too. Mm. I was like, these are the Dude, real ones. Hell <laughs> they showed yeah. the fuck up at the end. Those of the guys right. were fucking. Right. They were the only real ones. Yeah, they were. They really like, were. At the end of the day, they yeah. were real ones. Yeah. And, well, and they said that in the movie. They were like, these dudes are gonna be. They'll hard go to yeah. wreck yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. they will. And yeah. their characters were pretty decent earlier in the movie. I mean, but which, well, we'll get into all that. I, I will quickly say so. I'm kind of where you guys are. I'm not quite to the level that Sydney is, but like I did really like this movie. I had a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. I will say early on I was like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Yeah. Like this doesn't feel like a guy Ritchie movie. Also, there's like some really stiff, weird kind of acting here in the beginning. Oh yeah. Like like there was some really <laughs> odd... them just sitting there silently doing yes yeah. and no's basically. Well Josh yeah. Harnett. Josh Harnett's dude, oh, okay. He got gypped, man. Uh, Josh Harnett he did, I like, love him with all of my They heart wrote his soul, character dirty. That he got done well, so dirty was, in this movie. That was until like the one end, of those things but, that messed me up. And I was like, cause this it like that kind of writing. Yeah. It's a weird for Guy Ritchie. It, it like, really that was. That is weird. I don't, I can't, and I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I literally cannot think of a character in any Guy Ritchie movie. I mean, across the so board, yeah. that has not been well written. That was I'm just, talking that, across the board. His, his character like, was terribly written. Yeah. Um, and, and it was one of the most shine out things for me as far as like something that I didn't like. Well, and I mean, obviously, a lot of us are kind of hyper focused on because we all are a group of people that really like Josh Harnett, which is like a weird <laughs> thing. But like, weird <laughs> fan club. Like, 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 uh, we're presidents of the Josh Harnett yeah. fan club. Like I'm, all of us exactly. that went to see the movie. <laughs> well, like I freaking love Josh Hartnett, and like there's a scene where he, they made him overact his ass off, and it was yep. so bad, and it threw me out of the movie because I'm just like, is this a Guy Ritchie movie? Like, what am I watching? Is this even Josh Hartnett act- acting? Like, what? The, what is yeah. happening? Because like, he's an excellent actor. Yeah, I mean, is. we've we've all stand that man for yeah. like decades at this point. I yeah. mean, he does not get enough praise or enough attention. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, lucky number 11. I know. Right. And he's already, 30 been days a movie. A night, like, he's already been in a movie like this. Like, yeah. I mean, he should have been able to just slide right in and, kill it for okay. sure yeah yeah lucky number 11 is a perfect example of something yeah. like this that he has it's, one it's particular scene in this movie that they totally just shafted him on they should have never let him do what? it the one it's like a overacting yeah scene. that's what the one i was talking about in yeah. the car yeah yeah when he's in the car and he's just like talking about how scared he is about like mm. he's just like, oh my god oh my god i don't know i can't go in there i don't know this is terrifying well what that tells well, me he is doesn't that josh even get it is, out he doesn't yeah. even get that out yeah, yeah, that just tells me that Josh Arnett is such a badass that he's yeah. incapable of uh, acting like a pussy. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's because I mean it he is. only plays badass. That's yeah. true. That <laughs> is the damn truth because it was, that was literally so actually just his body. He wasn't weird. actually scared. He was just yeah. shaking because he was like right. Conflicted. He's like, no, I need to jump out right now. I need to fart. Yeah, yeah. It and was he's like, just I can't, like pure, not my character. It was yeah. pure rage of yeah. Josh Harnett, who normally would be a total fucking badass, is now a little baby back bitch, as yeah. Matt says. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Because he, I hated it for him almost because I love him so much. Like, and I'm like, oh, uh-huh, and, so and you got. Which I feel like we're movie. like now into discussing. Wh- where oh, yeah, we are. Okay, I was but like, see, is this wonder, okay? Because now we're like deep we are, in it. But I wonder if this was what we were talking about earlier, where. They, he was making a very dis- different, the, a very specific choices with characters, like yeah. how he's holding the gun off to the side to like try to show he's a badass, and yeah, and then he made all they made all of the people at the armored car care service so uh, kind of unbearable, 
Yeah, unbearably like, like I, dicks. I, yeah, well, the, like, well, the girl beyond was right, stereotypical. Was right. Look, no, right. they were they were stereotypical to they the were. max. They were misogynistic on purpose, like overly misogynistic. Like yeah. the kind of well, people that's start, that's that you're too. like, is, this is disgusting. It's not yeah. just locker talk or whatever the fuck you want to say. It's like outright, just like, ugh, I would yeah. never want to talk to you. And in real it's life the first ever. fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. Which I mean, that could have been on purpose because that puts you on edge. It was I, very on few purpose. people like well, it was. Everything's yeah. done. I'm sure it was. I'm yeah. sure it is with Guy Ritchie, but like, and I guess well, that was to his, put you on edge. His point mm-hmm. was to just prove that, like, I think what he wanted you to take from it was the people who handle these jobs are not heroes. They're not like police officers. Yeah, yeah. They're not like military. They're not freaking marines. They're glorified security guards. These are glorified security guards, and they know it. And mm-hmm. they get a lot of enjoyment out of just sort of making a, a mockery of each other, and well, it's and about the machismo. It's definitely a mockery. Yeah, I believe it though. Like, think yeah. about it. Like, oh, yeah. I totally believe that that's how it is. And with the girl, I know mm-hmm. it was weird to me that they tried to like hero her in a sense, and she was she ended up not really being. Um, anything special, but in a sense, I'm glad because I, yeah. I'm glad that they didn't make the one girl the hero of the story. Like I'm so yeah. sick of that. I'm the just like, no, like... this is literally hand to hand combat. So my the thing is, is, like, not the hero. I'm like, yeah, let's let's stick it to the girl, right? Like she's not the hero, but like let's not also let her fuck the main character then. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go down that path, then, yeah. like, let's get away from the fucking stereotypes. Can, like, we have, can we have her turn him down? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. turn her da- turn him down and then also be shitty with her gun. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, just break away from these stereotypes. Like, I felt like there's so many stereotypes Which, again, in this movie. has to be on purpose because Guy Ritchie is notorious for character. Well, he, yeah, he it's focused. just weird. I, like, I just, he, that was the story he wanted to yeah. tell. That's all I can say. Well, that also, though, we're looking at it as, I think another part of this is that, you know, we're used to seeing Guy Ritchie. He doesn't normally work in America. And we aren't normally looking at him doing American films per se. And, and oh, he might just single... be trying to fulfill American yeah. stereotypes. He, he, he honestly might. That, ew, that's a like, vibe, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, though, Still like, it, like movie, to, though. to some degree, I like, wonder. Take me back to brand place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, like, please don't, because I don't know what anyone's saying. <laughs> Subtitles, new glasses. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I wonder if that was a little bit of it, like, and just him having fun in a different playground, and you know what I mean, like, because he yeah. skewers British stereotypes well, you, like well, all the time. Especially with now on the head at the beginning when you said he did this fast. Yeah, he so did. if you right, think about that's it, exactly what I was this about is to say. this is a Guy yeah. Ritchie short film. This is it, this is not. his indie movie. Yeah. This is his indie movie summer. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, I popped yeah. off with this, y'all. I didn't even tell y'all. Yeah. how's it gonna do? And I, I think that really. You was know, the case. now that we've said that, Rotten Tomatoes about to be popping. <laughs> Maybe they about to be popping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I, I'm curious. To I see liked that, that um, since we're in spoiler, spoiler, spoiler territory, mm-hmm. um, that. It was his son that yeah. was mm-hmm. the the object of vindication. Sure. Yes. Because it's always it, the daughter. It could have been mm-hmm. a daughter and that would have been or very the wife, similar or to the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, and it wasn't a little boy. He wasn't like a little sweet, innocent, yeah. like oh, yeah, Donnie, he let's was play grown. T-ball. He, he was, was like a, 18, 19, he was like... about to be a grown man. He was still a baby to his dad, though, because that is just mm-hmm. how it is. You're always your dad's like little boy if you're a man. Like I just love that they did that. Um, and, and it was interesting to see their relationship. I think yeah. that that was a neat reveal. Even though it was like brief, it was yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the first time, thinking on the movie, that was the first time we saw Jason Statham not act mechanical. Yeah. Because he was acting like we were talking about earlier. He acted just like a robot. Yeah. The first like 30, he was 40 a minutes of the character. Like yeah. he was he just, was just mm-hmm. there and he was like, something's off. Like you could tell because he was like, Scoring just enough to pass all his tests, and he was like, "Oh, you needed a seventy percent. You scored a seventy percent. Oh, That's no, crazy." He did, he did that but it was all on well, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Which yeah. which felt weird because watching it, you're just like, Wait. "Oh, it, it did make you uncomfortable." You're to like, see "Why is Jason Statham?" And that was probably the mixture of the music and all that. Mm-hmm. But you're just kind of like, "Okay, this is weird. He's acting mechanical." And then we see him with the sun. That's the first time mm-hmm. he acts normal mm-hmm. in the yeah. whole movie. And then it goes from there. That's when the story starts picking up. Yeah. And we start realizing what's going on. And then the movie starts opening up. So I think that's why Guy Ritchie was doing Because the first act was called Wrath of Man. Yeah. And it was split up into chapters. Too, oh, which so. I loved that. Awesome. I yes. did love the chapters. And in typical Guy Ritchie fashion, so... it actually had an intro, like, a montage Oh, thing. yeah. The intro was... Yeah. The intro, like, I was done at the intro. I was like, I'm gonna like this movie. Like, it was like it was a James gonna, Bond-esque. That's exactly like, what I was saying mm-hmm. with James Bond. It was gonna yeah. take a lot to convince me not to like the movie after the intro. Because it was nothing but animals like like and like fighting each other. Like mm-hmm. It was a snake upon a snake. It was a wolf upon a wolf. It was a man upon a man. I was hooked instantly. I was like, that's a badass tattoo idea, number one, <laughs> to just have all of these animals mm-hmm. fighting on on common ground. Boroboro. It's so good. Yeah. That's such a good... God, that was a great foot to start off on. Yeah. And um, also him being monotonous and sort of robotic... I loved that. I feel like one thing that made us realize that that was totally intentional was the way he dealt with his baby mama because she came and was just like, you killed our son. And he just sat there like, I'm not a person. Well, also it played a, a, our American military. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have like, because these are the people that are the heisters. The yeah. heist people. Oh, Wayne yeah. and I had a whole conversation you know, about that on the way home. Yeah, like these are these are like regular working, like lower to middle class, like people who are Trained retired tellers. or yeah. you know honorably or dishonorably or whatever discharged from the military, and they have nothing to do. And that's yeah. when we get one of our most excellent dialogues, like yeah. monologues, and the whole thing is them talking. One particular actor in general talks about how he is so sick and tired of just sitting around yeah they don't have a mission they don't have anything going on from and i boys. thought that was he's what? the guy from the boys it's mother's milk from no the boys. it's not it's the I other it guy no, it's, it's the not other guy. oh so that's you're talking about liza alonzo uh, alonzo yeah yeah so no it's not him it's the other guy that does okay. the uh but yeah i know the um, one you're talking about the other guy yeah, yeah so he he does Where that like, excellent just, monologue yeah he's like i drink that part where he's like, I drink, and then I go to 
Like, no, no, not the white guy. The other black guy. Oh, jeez. Okay. So yeah, he's, 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 he turns he's, away from the group facing, and he's looking at the camera. Yeah, basically. he's facing the camera and they're talking. This mm-hmm. other group is talking behind him at the dinner table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's facing the camera and he's like tearing up a tissue or he's doing something with yeah. his hands, like where he's like clearly in anguish. And he like d- delivers this excellent monologue Mm -hmm. about how he just is so sick and tired of doing nothing Nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah and and i mean and that's the thing we we were talking about like she said on the way home where it's like this portion of the plot makes sense where it's you've got these military Mm -hmm. dudes who have spent years killing and they're just sitting around with their thumbs up their asses doing freaking nothing and they're literally like i would rather be fucking killing something Yep. I don't know what else to do. Like, I have no life. It's just worthless. Like, nothing matters. Nothing anymore. matters. They've like, also got PTSD. So, what's the point in yeah. trying to be normal? Yeah. Well, they all have, they, most of them have families, though, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. And yeah. it's like, so they're the complete, like, yeah, Jason Statham has a son, but he's like stone cold, like, which I think that's where the real contrast is, is you have Jason Statham who can't say fucking three words. And then you have these guys, you see them at their kid's birthday party. You see them with their mm-hmm. wives. Mm-hmm. Like you see oh, them planning point. all this. And that to me is where the real contrast comes in mm-hmm. is between those two Maybe groups of people. Maybe that's what Guy Ritchie was trying to do is show I think it is. that yeah. these people can yeah. be affected differently. Well, because these are the throwaway guys. Yeah. Like yeah. you use them up and you throw them away and well, they're that's what supposed to live these lives. In yeah. The car, he's like, why do you take people who are trained killers, especially like your your seal team and these types mm-hmm. of people and it, like you said dishonorably or honorably discharged in particular and try to put them back into society and then we treat our veterans like absolute pieces of shit in this country yeah and so what do you expect from them and so i maybe i mean in a sense that's what he's trying to show is like you're lucky that this isn't going on in every little group yeah. of ex-military people all across your country right because this is like in the group of people that you because you know there's like two groups there's like people that are embarrassed that they served at all which Mm -hmm. is fucked up and Mm -hmm. then you have people that are like don't know what to do with themselves because they served Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like that the saying like uh idle hands is the devil's playground and when you're talking about ex-military people who are hardcore military people and they're doing nothing it's Mm -hmm. just like it, it could easily lead to this. We like they're doing nothing. Talk about Scott. Scott Atkins. Or not Scott no. Atkins. Scott um, Eastwood. Eastwood. Scott Eastwood, because you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. But perf- like, so segue into that yeah. is that they're all like, they're not necessarily good people. They're all killers. Like, we know that they're killers. They're doing some shady shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, okay, I get it. But then Scott Eastwood's character is actually crazy, insane and demonic and like intentionally kills well, you can Jason t- Statham's son for no reason. Well, well space. He, yeah, there was a reason. There was a reason. Yeah, I mean, if you're there committing it. a heinous crime, I think, and somebody sees your face, he enjoyed it. Was it. I think more of it was that he was the most militaristic out of all of it. He was, but he enjoyed it. He did I don't not know that he it. did. I don't know that he did. It. I didn't pick that up at all. I didn't pick that up. Was there a moment that he He didn't show remorse, but I don't think he didn't show remorse, but I don't think he regretted it because you could tell that like he... When it instantly happened, you could tell the look on his face was just like, my job is to protect us, 
protecting us means killing these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's even it. what he said. He was like a freaking robot. But like fighter. in our military speak, he's like, we're good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But then he ends up killing... Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, he, he, it turns out that he is a piece of shit. And yeah. like, they even basically all knew, like, he and can't he be the last one. Well, well they, they said that later. Bullet. He wanted the money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he didn't have to, but would you split $8 million if you could just shoot somebody real quick? Yeah. Especially somebody you don't even know. He wasn't right. technically even part of the crew. Right. Yeah. So why would... Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. Because they even touch on it in the movie. They talk about how money can make you... Can turn you evil or you know sure. can make it you can corrupt you i mean i definitely think that's again as we've discussed this we've revealed multiple things that guy Ritchie was clearly trying to do with this plot one of which is that i mean crime doesn't really pay because these guys got together they did all of this shit they accomplished all of it and it culminated in them all dying and then the very last one ended up just killing the last guy standing and he was the inside guy who was supposed to have like the most legit deal of all all he had to do was usher them in mm-hmm. and he still got his ass killed so yeah by the end of this pretty much everybody was oh man dead. yeah literally the entire company yeah the company dead. is dead uh everybody trying to rob him dead yeah well when you're Please, dealing dead. with people who would yeah. carry out a mission like this with you you're already in such bad company that you have very little chance of coming out on the other side of this with anything good. Sure. And I mean, he did say, he's like, we're either going to like, he basically was like, we're either going to really succeed or we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and he said that up front, like this is a make it or break it situation. And yeah. Well, and it's not were... like Scott Eastwood would have got away scot free anyway. Yeah. Like there's no way that would have worked out for him long term. Well, and clearly he was living a Above little bit means. like more than he should have been which they showed at the end you know he's yeah, got the he high-end motorcycle and all that stuff oh man liver but, lung spleen and heart yeah that's so good, good. god really good. that yeah so if i could have had that vibe the whole time sure i mean fuck it, that yeah. was excellent like supremely done yeah and i think that it came at a cost because guy Ritchie wanted to keep a lot to his chest in regards to jason statham's character for the majority of the movie Mm -hmm. so we didn't until he we see the prequel portion of the film which is basically him going on the rampage finding out who killed his son like we don't really see Jason Statham like mm-hmm. doing much, and then when we see him going on his rampage, just like and it's not even really him; it's him hiring people to basically shake the leaves out of the trees of all of the gangs, mm-hmm. and he basically goes through all the gangs and kills everybody, including like the most raunchy, like awful group of people in L.A. Which that in itself, like worth it? Yeah, he was doing <laughs> some crazy, interesting stuff in there. We noticed he. He was even getting a little conspiratorial in that oh, portion. Yeah. Like he was literally talking about like these creepy pedos and like calling them lizard people. Oh, and, he literally said like, lizards. Yeah. That like abuse children or something. Yeah. Which going back to the gentleman, Guy oh, Ritchie yeah. made a point to point out Massad crabs. Which, which nobody talks about Massad. No, like, number one, you never hear Massad mentioned in anybody's uh, mouth when it comes to Hollywood. That no. is literally a no-no. Number two, calling them crabs, which is what they are, the agents of Mossad. Like, that is like, you just don't... That's yeah. Clearly, clearly, shocking. Guy Ritchie is 
disconnected and on some other shit than the oh, rest he, of Hollywood. He like doesn't he's, care. Yeah, he's, he doesn't care. He and it, which might be why he gets grief from critics and others alike but it's interesting because it's not stopping him from making movies he don't give a shit he's still making movies oh no yeah he's just gonna keep putting movies out yeah i mean disney hired him to do aladdin yeah pretty wild yeah that actually surprised me as well but so you're that good yeah i mean i think it's just that he is good at what he does so i guess but but yeah basically we saw him go on his little rampage and then we really until that very last scene, like you kind of finally see the heart of Jason Statham's character, which is to kill um, Eastwood. And one of the things I said to Sydney was, I was like, like she mentioned earlier, where I made the statement, like they've been trying to make Scott Eastwood happen for years, like forever, mm-hmm. and he's just not really happened. Like not, I think the way that I don't, Hollywood I don't think he's going to be like his dad. I no. think he's just going to continually be like a B. Yeah, here, uh, here, I loved him as a bad guy. Well, well that's so that's going. what I was going. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly where I was headed. This was the best thing I've ever seen him in. Yeah, this was his best performance. And his cheekbones were Clint Eastwood all day. They are. He just uh, that's well, what and like now he's starting to get wrinkles like his dad, like the same places. Like the, his look, <laughs> his <laughs> look in this though. No, yeah. no, 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 no. His look in this is g- the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it is. Like it if is. you compared them side by side. It's the same. Well, it's the same wrinkle lines. Yeah. It's that age well, it's where like, it's like they finally come into their own almost. I, I, I hope that this is him finally showing up. Like, cause it, he did excellent, and and him like him looking with that scruff and like actually having like the damage on his face or on his eye, like, mm-hmm. and just how he was acting in this. It was just so much better than anything that I've ever seen him in. It's like I, I like you said. I, I told Zinni, I'm like, I want to see him do bad guy roles. Like, yeah, clearly that's what he needs to be he doing. Was excellent. Like he's mm-hmm. not. He's not good at being the goody two-shoe guy even though he has the look like they need to start well, casting and that's him the like thing this. is is clint eastwood isn't yeah. wasn't he was never like your stereotypical good, good guy, guy ever yeah he's always been begrudgingly there mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. if he was good quote he's unquote. Been the jason statham character yeah and yeah. so it's like they keep pushing for scott eastwood to be this pretty boy blah 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 he's not fucking pretty boy like he's yeah. not that he doesn't have that chris evans look yeah right yeah. right and the facial hair is actually something just popped in my head that i wanted to bring up one of the weird things about this movie that i felt like didn't get a whole lot of attention was the weird relationship between jason statham and i think the government employee guy the fbi the fbi guy i guess that was like the weirdest undercurrent like not addressed i was gonna bring that up the guy that he's like um however many bodies it takes basically so I, I kind of like want to talk about that too because does anyone else just want a movie about Jason Statham as the boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. I wanna because I want to know. That, yes, because yeah. that explains why he shoots like he does. Yeah. Why he can do whatever he wants to do. Like, I would why. just watch a movie about him it as also the boss. It explains why he had access to them rewriting his entire life and yep. giving him an entire work history that is see i just next level. they never explained it obviously but i felt that was just somebody he hired i think Being it was that he was like he a hired. mob boss yeah, i think it but was it, but it takes well, also or whatever but they did. talk about how that they're not the mob though mm-hmm. like in yeah. that one scene they're like this isn't how things are done like it's we're clearly not... like they have some kind of loose relationship with the cia fbi something yeah mm-hmm. clearly what is it m m6 or m5 
Like, he's got, Ooh, I would love he if he be. was M6 and he just had his own movie yeah, yeah. about him being M6 and he comes over here and he yeah. has connections with the mob just from his connections as an M6 agent. That yeah. would be baller as hell. That's what I'm assuming he <laughs> yeah. is. It, it's, uh, there's yeah, clearly more story there that they... Yeah, that didn't flesh that, out. Yeah, that wasn't God, in this I movie. I would love to see it though. And like, it's so rare that you see a Guy Ritchie movie and you're like, oh, I want a prequel to this. Yeah, like this. It's but never. of course it would happen with this <laughs> yeah. one because it's different. He, he didn't go into the level of detail in the background. Like yeah, he yeah. Left yeah, a, a lot. lot is left to be inferred. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, we're normally we're used to him being like this person does this. Yes. This person does this. This person, I mean, is he literally normally just lays out verbatim who these people are. Yeah. I mean, verbatim. He tells you who they are, what you can expect from them. And that's it. And that's all you expect from these characters. And this one, he didn't do that. No, no. He was definitely trying something new. He was playing in a new playground. And I appreciate that out of him. I don't think the critics are going to be happy with it. But I appreciated it. Well, let's find out. Yeah, we can do that. Is there anything else y'all want to talk about? I mean... Can we just say one thing real quick? Yeah. It's wild. This man spent, what, like three to six months working this job in an attempt to hope that he found an inside a man, mole yeah a mole and he was working directly with him the whole time right that's just a wild and didn't know and didn't know actually yeah, i did wild. not suspect it being him i thought it was gonna be I fucking josh harnett Honestly, I, I thought it was going to be Josh Harnett too, and that's why he like overreacted. I so thought it was going to be the little yeah. creepy yeah. weirdo behind the desk that always like let everybody through the doors. Well, there, okay, mm. there was like a little thing that kind of irked me the whole movie. This is like when you guys were talking about things that like pulled you out of the movie. Is yeah. It was like, yeah, well, you'll find out why. They mm. literally say you'll find out why when he says something about it's like towards the beginning of the movie. He's like, mm. what's up with this guy? Yeah. And Bullet says, you'll find out why eventually. Oh, weird. And it's like, you don't find out why. And he's a little pussy ass bitch. Like, yeah. at the end, it like, doesn't do anything. Like, I thought he was going to be like a full on, like, wilding out with knives or yeah. something yeah. crazy. You yeah, know, like, he nothing. gets a crazy eye going on and he just, like, kills 40 people <laughs> or something. You know, I really thought it was going to be something. And then he's just literally crying on the floor. It was yeah, weird. I it's interesting. I feel like it was like unra- like a little well, loose maybe end. That was Guy's way of like just even though it wasn't super intricate, just keep you guessing. Yeah, because like, that yeah. that is the only way to. Really well, it could have just been the banter that he had already created. I with actually his, with those think, guys. I actually think it was a red herring. I think it was. Yeah, it was literally Guy Ritchie trying to make the audience think that there was more to him. Like maybe he was ex-military, mm-hmm. so that then you would make the mental connection that he's probably the mole. I think that oh, he was once trying... you once you know that everyone else is military. Yeah, yeah. I think that he was trying to make you think that there was more depth to Josh Harnett's character than there really was, so that you'd suspect him. Oh, I'm going to talk about Josh Harnett. Oh, I'm talking oh, about the guy was... in the box. Oh, oh, oh. The yeah, guy the, the guy okay. that controlled the doors. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that guy. Yeah, well, yeah. there was oh. also the but guy also who, Josh Harnett, yeah. who mm-hmm. Jason Statham replaced, who also was sketchy. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of sketchiness mm-hmm. going on with that yeah. com- company. That's true, and they talked about that guy a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. All in all, like, the reveal, yeah. all that. I thought, and once the action got rolling, I thought it was great. And like, it was very atmospheric, too. Yeah, it, it's it funny was. enough, like, that night I had a dream. That was that same atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. It was a completely yeah. different kind of dream. 
but it, it just had that like heaviness to yeah. it the whole time. Did it have the freaking like amped up SWAT gear that they had? Dude, their oh, their gear was dope. Gear Dude, was I want ass. that gear. I just yeah. want it. You know what it probably cost? Yo, I know. That's what I said to her. Anti ballistic. Yeah, like entirely. What? Like aren't like all of it it's was probably like I mean you're probably looking at half a mil. It's probably Kevlar oh, yeah. everything. I well, that's agree. what I said. They clearly that's why I love. They it. used yeah. the money from the first job to well, supply. Well, that was the nice thing because oh, they did yeah. explain it where I wasn't even questioning that they had this gear because I was like, yeah, they've like knocked over several. Like yeah. they're they're this rolling. Is they had uh, yeah, <laughs> like they're like <laughs> they had over <laughs> a million their, a piece. This is their big yeah. deal. Like yeah. They, oh yeah. Well, they were they were. After this, they're done. They're disappearing. Yeah. They're in the wind. Well, in the bottom line, Ocean's they Eleven. Weren't, they right. weren't even really doing it for the money at that point. No. They were they're doing, doing it for the, the, the mission. It's the mission. Yeah. Right. That's what. Oh, Which a lot of military That's people say cool. when they get out of the military, yeah. they're like, "We don't know what to do with ourselves." Yeah. Because we used to have everything told to us, and we had things we were supposed to do. Yeah. Well, that's like when Mother's Milk Laz leans yeah. forward, and he's like, "Yeah, I, any like just whatever the next mission is." Yeah. He's like, "I don't care." Like he literally like, pulls up his sleeves a little bit, and he's like, "Whatever the next mission is, I don't care." Yeah. And all they needed was their like commander or whatever you mm-hmm. know that to show up and basically just tell them what to do, and they were on board. Yeah, I thought it was. And, which it actually, was, like, speaking excellent. of Je- Jeffrey Donovan, did great in that role as well he's just good in that kind of character he's an odd guy he's what was he in before he's in burn notice as um burn notice and he does yeah there's an hbo or a hulu show that i can't oh. remember where he plays like a psychic yeah the psychic or he plays that. a it's a gypsy yeah he did i remember that show as well he's done a lot of movies over the oh, years it was, an Invincible, speaking it was shut eyes the show you're talking about matt i watched a yeah. little bit of that back Those when i was on not the teeth that the lord gave him when he was in fargo sicario burn notice is the biggest thing Gazek was very excited about him being in this movie he really oh, he was in csi <laughs> he was Those in csi miami the that the lord gave him though no he's his teeth um, are i don't his oh. teeth are wild, and his Those whole are not this whole area, like given. below the nose, is weird. Mm-hmm. It is because those aren't the teeth the Lord gave him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the good Lord him. did not. <laughs> that ain't not. his teeth. I <laughs> can look at anyone and be like, "Those are nice teeth," but that's not what the Lord planned for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Like, well, he, he is one of them. On the teeth note, we're going to go ahead and go into Rotten Tomato scores. <laughs> so let's check out and see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about the Wrath of Man. If it ever comes up. So, all right, drum roll, guys. Oh, whoa, Matt. Holy you shit. Hit, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Matt hit the audience. All right, so it was a 68 by critics. So, this is actually higher. It's a solid tomato, which makes me very happy. So, I'm I glad that I was wrong. Per- I said you did? 65 from critics yeah. and 89 from people. Yeah, you were wow. you were uh, Matt Beach, and I played the Price Is Right with a ninety. <laughs> and what was your most? What was your? Favorite uh, my low was fifty. So I got yeah. seventy and eighty-five. So I was pretty close too, you though were, overall. Yeah, you so were. Zena got the critic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Off by two, and then I was off by one for the audience. But I was nice. Off by two so yeah, six, 68 oh, no. by sixty-eight by critics, and a ninety-one by audience. We had one hundred and eighty-two reviewers from the critics, and one thousand plus from the audience. And honestly, I'm just so happy that both of these are solid scores. Yeah, I think Guy Ritchie needs that, especially right. with how rough they were on the gentleman for no apparent reason. Um, if I remember right, if that's still the case, you should go look at the gentleman I, I and see if it's changed. Uh, it's been out for a while. Yeah, I'm, I am really curious about that. 
Um, I'm guessing it probably hasn't. They were harsh on it for... I don't even remember why. I don't either. I don't remember really. why either. Well, Matthew McConaughey was not doing he, so hot He was fantastic in that movie. No, no, no I don't mean that. I mean, oh. he... like He's the, been great in all public, of his movies recently. Just, oh, like, actually, the score's oh. pretty high. Yeah. So nice. it's definitely moved up. Yeah, it has moved up. It's a 75 and an 84 now for The Gentleman. So that's a, actually a good a score. He was getting a lot of shit for a while. Yeah, he was getting a little bit. Well, that's because he started being too... Opinionated. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he came out as like a Christian yeah. around this time, and people were like, trash. <laughs> yeah, but Tom Hardy was That's bothering this too, which I've been missing Tom Hardy. What's Tom my Hardy. boy doing? In what? In the, he was in in the, the gentleman. gentleman. I don't he's, remember him being in He's that. the guy that's um, that he's talking to the whole time. No, that was Charlie Hunnam. Oh, it is Charlie Hunnam, my bad. <laughs> oh, That's I who I was talking Charlie about. Hunnam. Do not confuse Charlie Hunnam with, with Tom okay, Hardy. Okay, but side note, Very what good. is... Tom Hardy wishes he was Charlie Hunnam. Venom. But what is Tom Hardy Venom. doing? Venom, Venom 2. He's doing they Venom. just released oh, the trailer for the new Venom. I'm super pumped about the Carnage movie. It does it look really... Awesome. It actually looks really good. Well, I never watched the first one because I couldn't get past his weird voice. <laughs> oh, it's so He good. always does weird voices, fun. though. We've, we watched Taboo. And it's so like, funny. He just does the he was deep, hot as fucking taboo. Yeah, we just did a deep, he's gravelly like voice. deep gravelly voice and like his nasty, greasy hair. That man was hot. Also <laughs> lawless. All right. So, anyways, Wrath of Man. All right. So the critics, what they had to say <laughs> is, like, oh, no. he waited for me to talk so he could interrupt me. And no, no, that wasn't you. it. That wasn't it. That had nothing to do with it. I just had to interject soon. He I doesn't want to talk about Tom Hardy's body. Just stay relevant. <laughs> Listen, on. we deal with Chris on a regular basis. We know we know when to get things back on. Track. He's like, turned yeah. on by Tom Hardy. <laughs> Blade that's has it. a raging boner. That, that's it. <laughs> Boned up from Hardy. No, listen, it's because we started talking about Charlie Hunnam. Thank you very much. Oh, so, true that. <laughs> that. That is a truth. He's six man. So, all right. So, critics' consensus on The Wrath of Man. It says, wrestling just enough uh, stakes out of... Uh, sorry, I'm having trouble reading this. For some reason, it seemed a little too small. All right, wrestling just enough stakes out of its thin plot, Wrath of Man sees Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham reunite for a fun, action-packed ride. And then for what it says, the audience says is, the flashback-fueled revenge story takes a little time coming together, but Jason Statham fans in the mood for an action-packed, very violent film definitely won't be disappointed. Very violent? I really so, didn't feel those very violent. I, I like that it's a call out of a Jason Statham film, yeah. not Guy Ritchie though. Yeah, I agree there. That's a good point. Yeah. This is a good. This is a good Jason Statham movie. It is. Yeah. It is. But it's not a good. Guy yeah. I wouldn't say that it's very violent though. Like, are people that sheltered with movies? With I feel like movies? they can't be. Um, I would say really the only violent situation that actually I feel like shows the depravity of it all is the scene with the lizard pedophiles. Yeah. Well there and when they And the tor- when- well and the torture they torture and they the kill, guy with the bag. They kill on the, yeah. the first... Which, dude, did we watch a different movie, people? I know. Yeah, it was pretty... This literally jumped off like... with them killing several people during the first night. shot him in the face. Like, if then full Jason Statham shot several people, now. chased down... Okay, oh, what, we only saw, like, milliseconds We didn't talk about him wrecking Post Malone's shit. Oh, yeah, Post Malone is in there. Get his shit wrecked. Yeah. Then, like, you gotta think about it. If you step back, there was actually a ton of violence throughout the entire movie. It was but just. But he didn't peppered. focus on it. It was. Doesn't matter. Violence. Nah. Doesn't. 
Yeah. No, okay, I just watched Invincible and like yeah. nothing is as violent that's as very Invincible. True. Well, that's but you true. still say violence is still a sliding scale. Yep. Like this is still a violent movie. <laughs> like that <laughs> last me, scene in the whole robbery where everybody dies. Invincible is a was scene. here, so think, I'm like, this is violence. And then, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it was. Uh, I agree with <laughs> you that there was a lot of implied violence, and there was even some like shown violence, but it wasn't like. It wasn't grotesque. It wasn't grotesque. We're not seeing bloody guts, like right. literal guts on Doesn't the ground. Doesn't mean it's not violent, though. It's violent, but it's it not gory. Depends. Yeah. They didn't say gory. They said violent. <laughs> I guess I think of violence as gore. I think of violence as gore. Okay, just to clarify, I think of violence as gore. Same here. 100%. Same here. It, it, yeah, it's all about the view in which a lot of people view violence different ways. Like, in my opinion, this is, yes, technically it's violent, but it's not gratuitous violence. It's not gore. I used so, that word several times about yeah, this gratuitous. movie. It wasn't gratuitous yeah. with violence. It wasn't. Excellent. What was the yep. other thing that I used that for. I have no idea. This movie isn't gratuitous. Let's put it that yeah. way. Like it it's doesn't, not. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not violent. Like it is violent, mm-hmm. but like so is any movie with guns and no, oh, like, yeah. As a long as you, plot. as long as you're going to show people getting shot. Now, granted, you could handle it like the Marvel way, where like people get shot and they fall over, and you can clearly see that they got shot, but there's no blood involved with the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can handle things that way, but like that's not what kind of movie this is. Is a rated R movie with violence. Like, yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah, it I mean, been this a lot shows. More yeah, this does show some black blood spatter. And stuff like that, but it doesn't. I will say, show full on. The like, torture scene was pretty. Like when they drug that dude out of the car and he had the bag over his head, and was like that dragging was, him across that the That was the most brutal. And the besides music the was lizard. like cranked like, up to the roof. Did, mm-hmm. did yeah. it make it more of an important scene because oh, you weren't important. watching that every five minutes with yeah. somebody else? Well, yeah, because it led up to like, okay, they've killed like fifteen people at this point in that same method, and right. they made sure to point that out. Yeah, and the CIA guys. Were we're like this man's killed fucking twenty people already. Yeah, and so you have that as your background, and, you and know then that. when you finally get to this guy, where you see the whole thing happen, and he's the guy that lives on top of it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think there was like a reason to mm-hmm. see it for mm-hmm. sure. They just wanted to show it. They didn't want to. They didn't want to be overly dramatic about it. Right. I liked that he said. I didn't tell you this, and if I did, just kill me now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah All I of get that, that was handled. Dude, he was excellent. Care. That scene was excellent. It really it was. Like you couldn't have. There was not a single thing I would change about that scene. The oh. acting that was amazing. Like what was that? His niece or daughter? His girlfriend. I think. Girlfriend. Was it his girlfriend? Or I thought so. I can't. I actually older. got a vibe that it was maybe his daughter. Or something, I got. But, I got niece daughter vibes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, but I mean, way, whatever the situation was, I'd say like there was love there. There was almost and, a. A, a quality bump from like that halfway marker of like when you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Once you know what's going on, there was a quality bump that was astronomical in this yes. movie. Oh, yeah. And it just took off. And you're like, okay, this is a Guy Ritchie movie. Like, this is why we're here. This is the show. Mm-hmm. And it really took off like a rocket. And I thought that he took his time doing it. Which, And I could have even watched a little bit more of this movie, but it was I could have handled more of this movie. Length. And I have like, ADD. I did not once try to pick up my phone. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have the instinct to do that. Yeah, it was exactly two hours. Basically. I could have handled See, I leaned over to Chris and was like, this movie is long as fuck. Oh, like, really? I literally was like, this movie is long as oh, fuck. I did it feel too long to you? Or? At all. I just, like... It's not that it was too long. I, I legit feel like I would have 
been happier if this was an indie movie. Huh. Like, if this was an indie movie, this is an up-and-coming... Oh, like, if you didn't know that I Guy didn't know was it was Guy Ritchie. It. I wish that he wasn't attached to it. I wish he well, would have been, like, completely unknown. They're not really unknown. marketing it. They're not marketing it as a Guy Ritchie I film, feel like really. that's why they're like, not. Yeah. Because, like, I, if I wouldn't have known it was Guy Ritchie, I would have been like, this is amazing. Yeah, like, who Honestly, I would have been like, this is great. But see, that sucks I for Guy Ritchie that, like, you're going to put him in a box like that. Yeah. And you're literally well, not allowing him to He put himself in different. a box. <laughs> but he's been breaking out of that box forever now. He has. Sherlock, fine. even doing Sherlock Holmes, it did break him out. 10 see, years ago was such a different movie. I'm like, yeah. I didn't see Sherlock Holmes as that different, though, because it still had that same, like, ultra, like, cut, like, bam, 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 yeah, bam. Yeah, that's a direct like, though, but, like, the story itself and, like, what he did was so different. I mean, he's done Aladdin, like... Yeah. You need to see Aladdin. He's been yeah. breaking himself well, out like, of this the, box the of I mean, I think he's younger trying years. to, yeah, but it's just, like... Actually, the man from Uncle's one of my favorites of his. I freaking love that movie so much. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. The thing is, is I don't want him to break out of the box. Uh, yeah, that's really what it comes you, down well, to. You like what like, he does? Like his stuff is so good. It's like he doesn't even need to break out of the box. Like he's just an excellent. He was excellent at what he did. Is it going to take time for me to get used to him doing something completely different? A hundred percent, because mm-hmm. I feel like this is a lot different than what he's been doing. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's been like slowly crawling up a fucking cliff to get there. Yeah. But Yeah. I I mean it's yeah, it's it's definitely a preference thing and if you have that built in where it's like but I think a lot of people if they do see this there's a chance they won't even have feel attached to it. Yeah, so what I was gonna say, what I wanna do yes, I will zoom in. What I was gonna say to Brian Lowry. Oh my gosh. Well, it's someone from CNN, so feel free to talk shit to anyone from CNN. All right, (laughs) right, so listen, here's the deal. Let's read Just Splats. We've done a lot of praise. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what was that tomato right now? It says bacon wrap sausage fest. This guy right here, scroll over. Okay. Because we got to read this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to read that one. Okay. We can can talk about anything else, but like this one I need read. I can read this one. Wrath of Man, a Jason Statham movie directed by Guy Ritchie. Check. A revenge thriller wearing the clothes of a heist thriller. A savory treat within a treat, like a bacon-wrapped sausage. Check, check. I really nice. like yes. that. I really like that as well. Yeah. And that's uh, that's Austin Collins from The Rolling Stones. Interestingly, he gave it a Top 3 out of 5. Credit. Yeah, he did only give it a 3 out of 5, which because it sounded like he gave it a lot of praise. But Sid, feel free to read uh, right, whatever Dick this is from I'm not going to talk shit to Austin. He seems all right. Go ahead and read, Brian. He understands the importance of sausage. Importance of sausage. <laughs> okay. Um... Can, can you, you not read that? A bit? I, I don't know that I can without it freaking out because we're zoomed way in. Oh my! Yeah, see, that's what I was worried was going to happen. What you got to be blind you're, for? You're, you're there it is. There it is. There we go. Taken on its terms, the movie isn't terrible strictly as mindless escapism, but beyond the most basic visceral thrills. Wrath of Man's bitter fruit yields a slim harvest. Oh my God! Are Hard we disagree. Are we just like trying pompous, to have the most pompous right. and like pun-filled review well, of all also, time? Also, can we talk Brian about Lowry? how the first sentence doesn't make fucking sense? No, it doesn't. His periods. Did you notice how I read his sentences the way they should have been read instead yeah, of in his actual sentence structure? This the is sentence my biggest. Is shit. 
I could go on for a rant about this, but this is my biggest issue with the way people write now. Yeah. Is this bullshit where it yeah. doesn't make sense. They're just like saying fucking words because mm-hmm. they think yeah, it sounds Yeah, Brian Lowry oh, is we lucky We see this that all the time. Yeah, we get this a lot. These critics will find some that are super flowering and don't say shit. Yeah, it's usually attached to CNN, NPR, name the big news outlet. It's usually them. And like Matt said, it's super flowery. Fake news. Brian Lowry, you're fucking fake news, you piece of shit. (laughs) And you can't write. Wait, wait, wait. What's that one? All the ingredients seem to be in place for a rollicking, violent time. But the elements don't gel. He gave it a two out of four. Oh, James. Whatever yep. your name From Real is. View. This is James Bardinelli. So, Bar- but no, that is Bercardinelli or some crazy name. Nope, it's Bercardinelli. That's yeah. what I said the first time. All the elements seem to be in place for a rollicking, violent time. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. But the elements don't gel. I mean, yeah. even I, I feel like I was pretty hard on the movie. And I would still, if I was going to rate it, like, out of the Rotten Tomatoes oh for my God. myself. Look at, the, look at what this Randy Jones guy just said. It's fine if you're in that boomer beta male crowd. <laughs> Randy what? Jones, what are you? <laughs> beta oh, male? What? Oh, beta yeah, male? so me and Zena are definitely in the boomer I, beta male crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I'm like, what does that what? mean? Why would this be beta male? This is the total opposite of beta male. Maybe he has a hard on for Josh Harnett, and that's all he that's saw. That's what it is. Well, is that ga- isn't that more gamma? Randy Jones, come out <laughs> of the guess. closet. It's fine. I don't no. think that's a beta, is it? No. Like Chris a- Harnett is a beta as fuck in okay. that movie. Josh Harnett. Or, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't Josh know. Harnett. That That is just the weirdest <laughs> statement. I, I don't even know. What a terrible, like, movie review. And, uh, like, in yeah. general, that's a terrible review of anything. It that's really a is. terrible review of, of anything. anything. You're right. Like, anything and everything. Like, you didn't say anything. Whoa. Wrath of Man has little else to recommend it. The dialogue is impressively awful, and understandably, none of the actors seem to be able to deliver it convincingly. Which... I think this is all about Josh Hartnett. Yeah. I think it's about the first, that's <laughs> about about the first half of the movie. It's no, about no, no, the no, first it's half. not the first half of the movie. Matt's right. Literally what we were saying. Yeah. Because it does. Yeah. There is some bad writing in the first half of this movie, and, and there is some it bad is. execution. If you get past that, if you can't half. see the beauty of it by the end... Yeah. Then that's going to leave a really bad taste in your mouth. So well, I so, can see where they're going. That's about the only complaint. Well, not the only. The main complaint that I so can see. I want to raise my hand about mm-hmm. this. So with, I want to discuss about like the opening part, like opening half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Do we think, I mean, I know you think it's a really like show and I'm pointing at Sydney when I say you. <laughs> but Sydney like hasn't mentioned... You know, you think it's to show, like, the dynamic between the characters, right? But, like, is that what everyone thinks? is, Or do we just think it's poor writing at this point? Which, I I mean, I'm hard-pressed to say that Guy Ritchie is a bad writer. I don't agree with that. Yeah. But it is shockingly different than mm-hmm. what we've seen from him in the past. So what would be you guys' opinions at that point? I think it's Occam's Razor. I think he hired some writers to deliver on this idea. He did it fast. He allowed for some shoddy, somewhat shoddy writing. Yeah, because there yeah. are there are four other writers besides him attached to this movie. Uh-huh. And yeah. I did actually notice that in the beginning of the movie, there's a thing that pops up and it says like, based off a screenplay, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it says... By whatever. So clearly he tinkered yeah. with... Adapted a, by... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, which you rarely see, like where it's... well, that's where it really felt like two different writing styles. Mm-hmm. I think that he did what 
he could with this script and worked with it, but didn't yeah. change it too much. I think that he probably, I mean, like we said, this happened fast. This was quick and dirty. It was during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like he was just wanting to make a movie. I noticed it was a lot in of the people... U S and not Europe, which is interesting for him. And a lot like, of people were wearing masks in the movie. I noticed that it, it was, spots. it wasn't part of the plot either. It was just that they just happened to be wearing masks. Oh yeah. Like with their construction workers and they all have their gaiters on. There's that. And then there was a couple of scenes where people who were literally just, uh, working for Fortico, just happened to have like N95s on mm. or they had them pulled yeah. down below. So like, I mean, he's, I think that this was just, uh, it was kind of quick and dirty, like uh, across the board. And so yeah. I think that there's some excuses that can be made for, but do you think like aspects. his latter half of the movie, which we've all agreed was excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that was more, Guy Ritchie writing in on that. Also, or... there's substantially less dialogue as well. I was about to say, it's a lo- whole true. lot more action yeah. and a lot less dialogue. It was a lot of imagery. But it was also more visceral when it was dialogue. It yeah. was more of like visceral responses pull. to the action and to mm-hmm. yeah, uh, what's going on around them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So there, it's hard there's... to say. Yeah, it is. But I, I think that there's more going on to this. And, you know, maybe. Yeah, we'll I definitely want to rewatch it. Yeah, it was. Oh, interesting. I'm gonna rewatch. Oh yeah, I want to rewatch it too, like really bad because I don't know if I, I don't think I would be as as harsh a critic watching it again, knowing yeah. what you're getting into. Yeah, knowing because that you're, it's then not I know, because movie. literally I didn't even know the name of the fucking movie until it showed it on the screen. <laughs> and, like I kept forgetting the name of the movies, so I just was like, "This is Guy Ritchie movie. I'm gonna love it," and then I didn't love it immediately. You yeah. know? Yeah. Sure. No, that makes yeah. sense. So I, I don't really want to delve too much more into Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I, I can understand the the complaints with uh, dialogue and things like that, and some of the writing, but I think a lot of the other is just snarky, not liking Guy Ritchie stuff, or not liking this brand of movie, or like Jason, what Jason Statham does, or you know, which and honestly, I mean, even though he was the main character, he wasn't that much of a character. Like he was just kind of there. Which I was like, I didn't even realize that people maybe didn't like Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Like, why would you not? Yeah. I think it's more of a critics thing. I think a lot of general audience people don't even know. They just know that they like movies that he's in. So, anyways, we can go ahead and button up the podcast here. We'll go ahead and close up. And sorry to run out on you real quick, but I think uh, Sydney will probably pee in her chair if we do not soon. So we're gonna go <laughs> ahead and button my up. Favorite couch. Yeah, on your on your favorite couches. What we do is we do our send off songs. So Sid, if you would like, you can go ahead and do your send off song first and let everybody know what you've been listening to lately and you guys make sure to check out the send off song playlist on spotify and maybe at some point on youtube if chris ever finishes nah, it, done, it, it won't it probably won't happen <laughs> but so well, said what you got it it this playlist on spotify is actually super legit and it's not um one type of music no. which i think is really good and so to add to that diversity mm-hmm. uh, my song of the week is by drew green it's called woods and um it's got that same kind of vibe. It's like Dave Morris, um, a little bit of Morgan Wallen, I would say too, for people who are only in a B actually like super like yeah. fast pace. Real not up. what you would expect. Yeah. I, I can, since he gets a mention like every episode, I can hear Chris's talents ears perking from here. He's just already excited. He's <laughs> searching it. Morgan Wallen? It. No, just from hearing a country song is going to be on oh, this yeah. list. So, Oh, mm-hmm. and he's got two coming out. Oh, snap. Get rid of Chris. <laughs> what you got, Zena? Two diverse. You already... All right. So to Bass, and Sweet Tea by mm-hmm. the Cadillac 3. Ooh. Okay. Um, Excellent little ditty. Yeah. 
About Jack and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's Tabasco and Sweet Tea by the Cadillac 3. And you said this has got a country vibe to it, too? Yeah, definitely nice. country vibe. It's not super twangy but like you'll definitely feel that country vibe afterwards for nice. sure and i can go ahead and do mine so i'm veering way off from y'all's two and <laughs> i'm doing a song it's by mimba titus and evan gia this is uh all three of them are on this one but the song's called pull up and this is not like titus's newer stuff is like very mgk you know, pop literally punk inspired. MGK. Yeah, literally just sounds exactly like his new stuff. But yeah. this isn't like that. This is actually more just a it's a rap song, but it, it it's it's got a good good vibe, good feel to it. So cool. What cool, you got, cool, man? Cool. To veer a different direction, <laughs> this is back more into my like normal waters. Yep. Um, the song is called "Hiding from Myself" by <laughs> a band called As Everything Unfolds, and this is just a pretty sweet uh, like metal band. Wait, what is it? Hiding what? Hiding from myself. From myself, okay. Hiding from myself, everything unfolds. Yep. Yeah, this is, if there wasn't a more matte sounding name of a song, it's oh, yeah. that right there. So. Oh, yeah. I can already picture or hear what this sounds yeah. like. Oh, yeah, I can hear it too, just just in the name. Oh, so yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah, so they're all already added to the playlist, or you can check them out even just individually right now, whatever you want to do, but... Uh, we are going to go ahead and button things up and head out, and uh, Sydney will not be here to tell you bye because she is currently trying to not pee her pants and run out of the room and go to the bathroom. So, uh, But yeah, guys, we had a blast. This is one of Do the we longest ones we've had in a while. we next week? No, we don't. We okay. haven't talked about it. Um, yeah. That side, I came with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. I haven't looked. We I think Spiral comes out next week. Listen, <laughs> you Spiral. Saw, me I, and Matt are gonna do a solo. Y- listen, y'all feel <laughs> totally free to do a solo episode on Spiral. I will. Y'all can take the mics. You could. I, I'm My looking forward to it. But. But yeah, it's yeah. I, I've not heard. Did you? I don't know if you saw my text earlier. Yeah, I try not to read it. But oh, really? I did. Sorry. Think well, I said I'm even more excited because <laughs> I mean, I, I anything. I don't. Yeah. To get under I was your skin very like. right. <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's it's not. Well, y'all can let me know. It's it sounded pretty rough. So we'll we'll report back. Well, yeah. not well because I'm sure I won't be in here again. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But cool. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll figure it out. We'll talk and figure out what we're doing next week. Lately, stuff's just been dropping left and right. So, mm-hmm. so movies just come out of nowhere. So, anyways, Isn't there like Angelina Jolie movie that's popping. Oh yes, yes, there is. I think you're right about that. I had a little bit of news, but that's going to be on that, HBO but... Max. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So that's an option as well. Yeah, maybe we will. That that might be a good one. So, all right, guys. Well, we've enjoyed it. We've held you for a full two hours and eight minutes. Obviously, when the ladies are on here, it goes long. So, uh, it forever. Yeah, we love to fucking talk. <laughs> no, no one would guess that. But, anyways, all right, guys. Well, it's been a blast, and we will see you next time. Bye. Later. Peace out. Peace out.